1: chairshot.com always use your head
0: Welcome back to the Attitude of Aggression wrestling podcast. And this episode is episode number 273. Also, it is one of the highlights of the year for the Attitude of Aggression wrestling podcast and just a one of one of my favorite episodes to do every year. It is the 7th annual Swaggy Awards. It is the Attitude of Aggression's annual pro wrestling awards show where we cover literally the best of the best of the best in pro wrestling and a little bit of the worst too here and there you got to talk some disappointments and some shit like that uh but yeah it is uh this is the seventh year that we've done this and the show is always it's always a good time it's always a great synopsis of the year in pro wrestling it's uh in case you haven't heard it before 20 categories my friends 20 categories the categories have evolved a bit over the years changing with the times those of us who are around in the early days probably know a couple of categories that aren't here anymore for valid reasons but um yeah it's 20 categories that we we cover we go down it is a a kind of a round table discussion sort of thing it is it is Well, let's get into it. So this year's lineup is we have got, we went really, I went really old school here on episode 273 for this seventh annual Swaggy Awards. It is like, it's kind of like a mini version of the TriCast that we used to do back in the day before big pay-per-views. It was always three shows that always did these TriCasts, which of course, why we call it a TriCast, go figure, right? It was uh, the attitude of aggression, of course. My show, DWI podcast, usually PC Tunney and DPP, and Kenny Killa of the, the form, the podcast formerly known as the Sunday Segway podcast. And anybody who's been listening to this show for any appreciable length of time, or DWI for that matter, will know that Kitty was massively influential on the formative years of this show of DWI. Uh, Kenny was he had reached out to us I mean a long time ago even probably before the DWI guys got approached about coming on his show and it it, (laughs) the attitude of aggression's debut on Sunday segue is one of those seminal moments that you always remember that I always remember because it was myself and and old Gator the co-host at the time uh, sitting in my abandoned apartment at like two in the morning to compensate for the time change when I was moving from my apartment to my home. And uh, that's just one you never forget. But ever since then, Kenny, you know, and he, and he, he retired the Sunday segue a few years ago and now he's doing dad cast uh, with the, uh, I forget the full name of it. Kenny talks about it on this episode, um, but he's doing that. He's got his own business, his own company with the dad cast. Uh, giving advice to fathers worldwide, valuable advice. But every so often, he still likes to talk pro wrestling. And when we got to the subject of the Swaggies this year, and I was talking to PC Tunney about it, and Tunney was like, hey, invite Kenny. And I did. And we recorded it earlier today, and you're going to hear it coming up in just a moment. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of the other guys had to work, couldn't be around, uh, you know, shout out to a lot of them. DPP couldn't be around Ray cash. He, he couldn't make it. Chris Platt couldn't make it. Uh, so it ended up just being a skeleton crew of the OGs of the TriCast with me, with PC Tunney, with Kenny Killer. We cover 20 fantastic categories. Uh, I, you know, it's always interesting going into the swag is to see whether, there's a unanimous victor because it's not like we declare a winner based on a majority rule. Everybody gets their own, you know, their own take on it and we just kind of talk about it, but it's always cool to see uh, where, if there's any unanimous categories, because there's usually a couple, one or two, uh, but it's very infrequent. I will tell you right now, I will spoil a little teeny bit here. There are only two unanimous categories this year. I'm not going to tell you which ones though. You're going to have to wait and listen to that. But um before we get into that, this episode is actually going to also air the Attitude of Aggression episode 273, the Swaggy Awards. Also going to air on the ChairShot Radio Network on the ChairShot.com. We're going to put this episode up there as well uh, because it is usually that good of an episode and, and such a great kind of summation of everything that's happened in pro wrestling that we want to get it up on the chair shot as well. Um, we're going to actually go to our first commercial break for the chair shot before we go to that. But, you know, make sure, of course, you are always checking out everything chair shot related over at the pro wrestling dot com forward slash the chair shot where you can find all sorts of great T-shirts from all sorts of your favorites, uh, including, of course, my side project that I do with uh with the one and only Patrick O'Dowd, the bandwagon nerds. Uh, As we run through the Marvel versus DC decathlon that's going on. But make sure you are checking it out. Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash The Chair Shot. Uh, Get yourself a t-shirt, man. They're they're very affordable. And there's always a tremendous selection. But what we're going to do here is we are going to go to that first commercial break. And then you will hear, of course, the boys get the legendary Ron Burgundy jazz flute. I know I cannot give Kenny the jazz flute. He was very excited to hear that he was going to get it so he will get that but we're going to take our first commercial break the jazz flute will play after the commercials you will hear then the discussion between pc Tunney, kenny killa and myself the seventh annual swaggy award show and then i'll come back at the end to wrap up this year's amazing event it was an excellent show so with that being said of course. We're going to go to the first commercial. Remember, you are listening to the Attitude of Aggression Wrestling Podcast, but on this occasion, it is also a part of the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com.
2: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is hard to believe I am saying this, but for the seventh consecutive year, it is time for the Attitude of Aggressions. Wonderful, magnanimous, swaggy awards, the best of 2021 in the world of professional wrestling. The seventh year I'm doing this, and we got a scaled-down crew this year. I mean, and we are going as old school as we almost could possibly get. I mean, that there's there's one individual missing from this, but You know, it's like Voldemort now. He who shall not be named, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But joining me today for the seventh annual Swaggy Awards, I got two of my very closest friends in the wrestling industry. And this goes way back to the origins of attitude of aggression. Uh, The one and only, of course, the you know him as the live studio audience on Bandwagon Nerds. You know him as presence collector. I don't know. He's got so many acronyms. I can't keep track of it from one year to the next, but he is one half of the dynamic duo or the tremendous trio of DWI podcast. The one and only PC Tunny. Tunny, thank you so much for coming back on the swaggy awards for this year. It is a pleasure as always to have you here.
2: You know, realizing uh, the conversation we had beforehand about the years and the Swaggies, I think this is actually correct. I have everything written down. The five, this is the fifth year in a row I've been on the Swaggies. I have all of my votes cast in front of me, so I'll be able to run down that history. And yeah, there's now four of us on the DWI podcast. Um so fourth. Is Platt
0: an official member? Did you make him like the fifth beetle?
2: Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? I put having those four guys and the bits that we've accrued over the year, I put an hour into preparing for the swaggies, and that's one hour more than I put into any episode of the DWI podcast.
0: That's what makes it so good, this fly by the seat of your pants mentality, especially when I come on there and it's just like, yeah. So is Platt an official member? Is that is that what you're telling me?
2: He's back. He was he was official for a while, and then he was gone, and now he's back. And you know, we have AJ and
0: Platt being official for anything is a scary thought. But uh, the real star of this show today, because you and I, Tony, yeah, we're just we superfluous. Yeah, let's
2: get to it. Yeah, yeah let's I get should, to the real
0: star. Welcoming back to the attitude of aggression for the first time in a very long time. But a guy who was very instrumental in the podcast really gaining any sort of momentum in the early days. Uh, the one and only, the former host of the Sunday Segway podcast. God, I still miss saying that. I miss that show. But he's got his own stuff going on. The one and only Kenny Killer, Kenny, thank you so much for coming back to the Swaggies and for coming back.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure coming back. Um, yes, the one man with half an Instagram back on the airwaves again with you guys uh, ready to you know, laid a slap nuts down on wrestling in 2021. Um, yeah, and what better way to do it other than with you know my my two good boys. You know, when it comes to the wrestling industry, definitely you know with PC and yourself, Dave. So yeah, thanks for having me back. Um, and I'm just looking forward to you know talking about the year, which was 2021 in the wrestling world. What the, so the half an in Instagram now? What's who's the other half, or what's going on here? Okay, so the half an in Instagram. So I don't have my own Instagram, the Instagram is for that cast with the mandem, That's what, um, the Instagram is for. So yeah, that's why I say half an in Instagram because okay, I just, so yeah,
2: maybe, maybe at some point we add to the twosome and then we can have you know, you can be one third of an Instagram and <laughs> then you can actually start, you can start like the fraction faction. <laughs>
1: You're welcome.
2: That's a that's a I good like idea, that.
1: man. I like that. <laughs> I like you know what, Dave? It's it's good to hear you say Sunday Segway as well because we don't hear that being said much, you know, um a lot um you know now and um it just reminds me of you know really 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 good times and um actually i went back over some of the interviews that i did um you know over the years um and uh, just thinking about all the people that i had on the show um in terms of you know guests and stuff like that like you guys and yeah man it, what what a time it was so yeah thanks for just even mentioning that my friend
0: some of us still remember kenny it took me a long Wait, time i'll be to, honest to unsubscribe <laughs> to you just because i'm like it's he's not coming <laughs> back i guess it's time to clear up some I, space
2: the chair i'm sorry but the chair radio network director in me has to ask you on the spot on the air we would love to replay some of those old sunday segway interviews
1: kenny mm-hmm. yep yeah if, i mean the, the the backlog's there so if you All right, need anything i'll hit anything, you, up. I'll
0: hit you up. Up. well you know I, I think that's a wonderful idea to get some of the old sunday segway episodes i mean we're already. Chairshot.com is always looking for retro stuff here. And there. nostalgia is very powerful, even in podcasts. So go figure. But that's not exactly what we're here to do today. We are here to talk about (laughs) (laughs) the best in professional wrestling for 2021, 20 categories did switch up. One of them this year, talking to the guys off air, got rid of high spot of the year because just about every freaking match on AEW now is a high spot fest. Um, not so much WWE, but high spots have become like, you know, trying to pick one out of the entire year of stupidity. I mean, insanity is a, a little bit difficult. So we've substituted that for storyline of the year, which is something PC suggested last year when we got in the discussion as to rivalry of the year. And Tony was like, hey, you know, we could also talk storyline of the year because they're not necessarily one and the same and he's right. So we've done that. Also, um, guys, I want to make sure you realize that the next to last category should have been male wrestler of the year. Um, I know I left the male part out. I keep I forget that every fucking year, Tony. You need to remind me of that. Uh, but it, I, I I got it. I figured I read you. I figured you guys would figure I, it out.
2: I will tell you. Uh, uh in pretense, a uh, DP had to work, otherwise he would be here. He's been on past ones, AJ and Platt as well. So. Right. Um, and, and Ray, but it's fun to be old school. so just shouting it out Ray as well as going through was, some stuff Ray was, he was here last year well. he's
0: got stuff going on so yeah it, it is a, a skeleton crew but really when you got the three of us together who the hell are we are the bloodline is like the we are the, we're the this bloodline of this damn thing so yeah. damn right. this is like the Navy, the, Navy, one,
2: the Navy Seals or the Army Rangers you only need three of us we, we just true. go right in stealthily and take care of business
0: right. acknowledge us bitches so. acknowledge us <laughs> You know, Kenny, since you're coming back on the show, we are going to let you have at it the very first category in the seventh annual Swaggy Awards gimmick match of the year. What do you got in this category? And I love that Kenny's here because I know Tunny and I are WWE, AEW centric. Uh, (laughs) Kenny, I know you have a much broader palette as far as wrestling is concerned. So I figure you will bring some international flavor to this as you always do. So what do you got for your gimmick match of the year, man?
1: Um, Well, just to stay stay off, I normally am, you know, kind of when it comes to wrestling more averse to, you know, a wider range of stuff. But this year is the first year in a long time where I haven't watched as much wrestling. I still I still watched a lot, but I haven't watched as much as I usually do. I'm usually a sweat when it comes to these things. You know, I'm always watching a bit too much, but this year I haven't. Um, But I still managed to catch a majority of things. So my gimmick match of the year. Um, I'm going with, um, a steel cage match, which, um, you know, you're always trying to look for, um, standouts when it comes to steel cage matches, because we get a lot all the time. Um, and with this one, I have to go to AEW and I have to go to, um, the Young Butts versus the Lucha Brothers. Um, man, that match, that steel cage match just had everything in it the storytelling alone which w- was great just reminded me of old school wwe where they had really good storytelling in the in the cage matches a lot what you know bits and pieces would happen but it made sense Kenny, and with this Kenny, one it made a lot of sense this is my pick too buddy
0: so I, <laughs> so we're thinking the same on this one so keep continue on my friend but yeah i, I got same pick for myself
1: yeah, um, I don't think there's much more to add. I think it's just um, uh, with the Young Bucks and the, and the Lucha Bros, you know, you're always going to get a really good wrestling match. But to have to throw in a gimmick match in that, they did some things that I just, you know, um, uh, I believe they took out the, you know, the Jordans and had the, you know, the, the, um, the, was it the um, tax? Um, yeah, yeah the sack in there and, you know, the, It was just yeah, it was it was nuts and but nuts in a good way. Not too many high spots, which can be done a lot in the young bucks. um, You know, wrestling matches can be over overbooked, but it was perfect. This one,
0: yeah, I I got the same match from uh, All Out, which was an excellent pay per view all around. Uh, from yeah, whether this is when Punk made his return, but as far as you know, like the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, that's a rivalry that was in the formative days of AEW, like at the forefront. And then they kind of all took a you know step back a little bit as 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 Page and Omega took over, and then these guys came out. Yeah, I mean, and, and most of the time, I think the three of us can probably say this: like, as far as steel cage matches, they don't do anything for hardly any of us because they're usually just it, it just gets ridiculous and stupid with the way that they're trying to get out of the cage and can't make it you never had this in that match and like kenny was saying you had this spot with uh with uh matt jackson and and the jordans and the thumbtacks um and but they didn't overdo anything a few really cool spots from i think ray phoenix especially at the end of this at the match and leaping off the cage and hitting a flying body press on everybody but it wasn't overdone and and there were some really good saves and yeah i'm with you kenny this was this was um the best gimmick match, as far as that I could recall this year. And as far as tag matches, well, we might have to talk about this a little bit later on as well. So, Tony, Kenny, and I are we got the same thing? Is this is do we have a unanimous clean sweep right off the bat? No, of
2: course not. Let me just <laughs> preface everything that we're going to talk about today by saying I watch pretty pretty much nothing but WWE main roster. Like I don't even really watch NXT anymore. I don't the time as of. The last half of the year, and a lot of it just a big part of my interest is swayed away from other parts of, especially this network in sports and entertainment, and trying to get that going. We have plenty of wrestling going on, and guys that do it much better than I. So, my list will mainly be WWE with two exceptions, um, uh, two different things for a certain company: one positive, one negative that kind of sum up their year. So. Uh, here talk about gimmick match of the year you can you can think about that three different ways you can say gimmick as in joke you can say gimmick as in match stipulation you can say gimmick as in a positive tool in which uh to enhance not only the gimmick but the the user of the gimmick and for me and a lot of my things here are going to be shout outs to things i need think need to be credited so i'm going to use certain ways to accredit them Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus the Miz and John Morrison, I think, is the gimmick match of the year because the gimmick is Bad Bunny and the use of that was brilliant and the match was excellent. And Bad Bunny came in and did his homework and was respectful, and everybody got over and everybody talked about how great of a match it was. So for me, that's the gimmick match of the year. And I mean gimmick in the most respectful way. And I hope Bad Bunny comes back and does more things because the amount of eyeballs he brought to WWE and the amount of eyeballs that WWE brought to him was such a great coexistence and immersive relationship that hopefully we can see more things like that as we move on down the road here.
0: No, that's a good call. Uh, and I, I agree with you that gimmick can mean different things to different people. I think we would normally think of it like stipulations and things like that. But yeah, having an entertainer and one of the biggest entertainers in the world come in. And like you're saying, Tony, he came in and it wasn't like he didn't put in his work. Cause he, Mm. he put in a really good performance at WrestleMania and, and didn't embarrass himself. And, you know, you're talking, you're hanging in there with Miz and John Morrison, uh, at, at the time. And yeah, you, you left that match thinking, wow, this guy can really, you know, he can hold his own. There's a, there, I don't know about a future in it for him. I don't think he needs it, but you know, if, if he wanted to do it in the future, it's right there for him. So yeah, I like, I like the call. That's a, that's a solid pick. Uh, Tony, you came up with this category, so I'm going to give it to you to talk about our storyline of the year in the world of professional wrestling. What do you have here? Plenty of
2: plenty of great storylines as I kind of, you know, put the blinders on and stay within WWE, both on the men's and women's side. Right. I think the Bianca and Becky thing, whether Platt likes it or not, was very interesting. Um you know, you, you have the story of uh, dewdrop, and, and how she came through with Eva Marie and, and how she's kind of a player now. You also have some storylines that are outside of really wrestling and a kind of like um, secondary uh, dirt sheet storylines of all the releases, right? That's kind of a storyline. But I'll stay within the parameters of it. And the obvious one is, is easily Roman and the evolution of the bloodline. Uh, we've kind of just seen what happened with Paul Heyman. And if you move your way backwards, how we kind of had, you know, convince his cousins to be around him and how he would get everybody to work the way he needed to work and especially the people in authority with um, Sonia Deville and Adam Pierce. So Roman's going to be a big part of a lot of people's lists, I would imagine this year. So we'll just start there. I, I would easily give the bloodline storyline storyline of the year.
0: And I would have to uh, concur with you that the tribal I had it listed as a tribal chief's year of dominance really was. I
2: have I have bloodline slash tribal chief. Honest to goodness.
0: Yeah, he the Roman reigns. I mean, and everything that goes into that storyline, it's not just Roman and the Usos. It's now the Paul Heyman thing, the the John Cena thing at SummerSlam, Brock coming back. And now you've got that anticipation heading to all, you know, uh, day one that's coming up in just a week or so. Uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, Roman has just transcended pro wrestling and is turning into just this mega star of this generation. Like Vince always wanted him to be, but we were all kind of spe- skeptical of it for the longest time. But now you really look at what he's doing and just the manner in which he carries himself and everything that he portrays. And, and I, I mean, I wasn't sure. I mean, I know I joked around it about it a few times on DWI about what happens if they bring Brock back and are there's going to be friction between him and Roman and Heyman and boy have they done a hell of a job with that story? I still think that something's on the way at day one that uh that we'll see how that all turns out. But yeah, I'm I'm with you, Tony. The, the whole tribal chief bloodline, whatever you want to call it, has dominated WWE for the past year and shows no signs of slowing down. Kenny, what do you got in this category?
1: Um, I will definitely give a mention to what you guys have picked. Um. I think largely um you know with the state of WWE programming I think um this has managed to keep you know people's eyes on you know especially on smackdown um and I think uh, smackdown has you know relatively been good because of this and you know other players as well uh, but yeah, it, this isn't my pick though my pick um and I'll give my reasons why my pick for for storyline of the year is the ascendance of adam page and the, the chase for the the title um And the reason why I say this um, in AEW is because when you look at AEW as a company, when they first started out, they chose Adam Adam Page to be one of their um, aces. And you could tell by the very first, you know, kind of title main event, which was Jericho versus Adam Page. And everyone kind of raised their eyebrows. um, So it allowed them to realize, okay, this is where Adam Page is at at the moment. And we need to make him one of our stars because we're not going to bring in you know, all these people, I say that, uh, bring in all these people and, um, you know, make them the stars. We need to make our own stars Uh, where Adam Page was coming from, you know, being part of the Bullet Club, not being one of the main guys, you know, you would see him in um, ROH or in um, New Japan, just as a mid card guy. He comes in and now he has a following where he turns up this gimmick of, you know, being a cowboy to another level, to the point where he's become over AEW's, Main thing is to get Adam Page over. That was their main thing uh, for the past year and a bit. He got injured and it still didn't stop that. And when he came back to the point where he started on this major push um, to becoming champion and it coincided with the storyline with Kenny Omega, with one guy, you know, it started from the friendship break, you know, them being tag team, tag team champions to the breakup. Um, and the way that they've portrayed that is on multi-platforms, not just on AEW, but on, you know, um, being the elite, um, on YouTube, all these different platforms where they've continued the storyline and that consistency, which you don't really see that much in WWE, the consistency to continue those stories in other places, um, is, yeah, it's been, it amazed me. So, um, yeah, my, my pick is, um, Adam Page, um, and his rivalry or his, um, I suppose chase for the title, um, against Kenny Omega.
0: It's a good, cho- a uh, great choice, Kenny. Uh, I think like going into, what was it? Full gear where he won the belt from Omega. Uh, I know like talking to Ray, cause we started like the, uh, the big four project, like right around that time that that was going down. And I remember asking him is like, does, you know, Adam page have to win the title here. And the, one of the big differences that I noticed between AEW and, and WWE, especially the back half of the year. Is that, um, you know, Tony Khan is really giving the fans what they're demanding, you know, that sort of thing. It doesn't pull away from that land. The fans wanted Hangman Page to win that title. He gave it to him, you know, and he's he's still in that. We're building goodwill with the fan base stage of the development of the company, whereas WWE likes to, you know, they like to play with people's emotions a lot more and and bait and switch them and that sort of thing. And that's fine. They've been doing that for damn near 50 years. So it's all right. So, I, I but I, I remember when when Hangman went for the title, it was almost like he's got to win this because if he doesn't, <laughs> they you, they just gave you Big E. Like you guys are so full of shit.
2: We're gonna talk Big E. We're gonna talk Big E. I'm just saying though no, the fact that you say WWE doesn't build the stuff and give you what you want eventually that that's not true. Sometimes,
0: sometimes they <laughs> oh,
2: do. <laughs> sometimes AEW does, not sometimes they don't either. That's like pages. He's one of my he's my favorite thing about AEW. I'll be honest with you, and yeah. I like the call, Kenny. And he's the one guy, honestly, outside of the company of WWE that I would like to actually see on the main roster. To be honest with you, I'm a big fan of his. So love the storyline. I just I'll just homer for WWE today. Matt, I'm sorry. I mean,
0: yeah. Shout out to that statement about getting Page WWE. I mean MJF's the other guy who I look at is, and that could have been a category. You know, guys who should jump from AEW to WWE and would do well. MJF would be right yeah he'd be high up there but we're not here to talk about that what we are going to talk about though is our turn of the year which can be a face or a heel turn and i'll I'll take the lead on this one and this one um is is significant to me because i will give a shout out to apollo cruz and i like his heel turn on biggie when he suddenly rediscovered his nigerian accent it's like where's this been for all these years which is kind of fun (laughs) but uh i I did like that but that's not my heel my turn of the year my turn of the year and it's personal because i was there in Allegiant stadium when it happened and it's becky lynch's turning heel on bianca belair because and i mean you know you can get into the whole concept that becky's really a tweener and you know people aren't really booing her and that's fine and all that stuff but i thought The fact that she came back to this massive thunderous pop in in Allegiant Stadium got in the ring acts like she's going to shake Bianca's hand smacks her in the face and manhandle slams her and pins her in 26 seconds and leaves with the Smackdown Women's Championship to the dismay of many people there that night uh, was to me that was the biggest heel turn that I saw this year Uh, so yeah I'm giving it to Becky Lynch at SummerSlam 21 2021 uh kenny what do you got here what's your biggest turn of the year man
1: um just just to say you know just i mentioned on what you know your pick um yeah fully like i get get that pick with with becky um but for me when it comes to um you know making a a turn i suppose it's got to be like a full turn and although you know at that point when she did the turn you had kind of question marks. It wasn't like, Oh shit, she's turned kind of thing. It was like, people were booing, but they weren't booing because she's turned. They were booing because of what we represented. It was a match, which was 26 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, not even that. It was, you know I mean? Whatever it was. Um, And yes, that was maybe a beginning of something, but it wasn't what was, you know, what was given. And even now people are still like, hmm. so I don't see it as like a full, full turn, but my, I'm, you know I would have pi- I would have picked something like that, but I think for me I've gone outside of the box, and that's just because of how um, um this person I suppose just for me just completely changed everything they were doing um, after leaving WWE so my turn of the year is Matt Cardona, and the reason it's Matt Cardona is because he left WWE and everyone thought. This guy is going to be nothing like he's going to be doing absolutely nothing. Where is he going? It doesn't really you don't really feel like he's going to fit in AEW. you know, maybe impact. What's he going to do? And instead, he decided to completely change his whole his whole persona. Everything. You know, he's going to have to go back to Matt Cardona, his real name. People are going to think, oh, who's Matt Cardona? So he had to make himself larger than life. And what he decided to do, he decided he was going to be calling himself the savior of wrestling. And he went everywhere. He went to everywhere. Impact, AEW, um, GCW, and, and every, ended up becoming a GCW champion as a heel. He walked around wearing a Macho Man, Mandy Savage cape, wearing, uh, you know, a uh, king crown saying he is the saviour of wrestling. At GCW, who would have thought Matt Cardona would be in GCW doing all of those crazy, ma- you know, crazy matches? And he became, like, hated, literally hated everywhere because of this. What is this guy doing in GCW? He is not that kind of a wrestler. Why is he here? He bought the sports entertainment side of sports entertainment to gcw um and then ended up on obviously aw and stuff so i have to pick matt cardona for myself um i decided to go a little bit out there so matt cardona yeah
0: woo 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 you know it kenny <laughs> so i mean yeah for for the guy formerly known as zach Ryder to who was so beloved i mean i i mean, we, a lot of us were at wrestlemania 32 when he won that ladder match and, and was the intercontinental champion and just the outpouring of emotion for all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you raise a lot of great points for him to actually be able to pull this off to the point that he's despised is uh is a true Testament to just how underrated he probably was for many, many, many years. And, and, you know, they, you know, he's just mid card talent in WWE and now you get to see what he's doing out there. So yeah, that's a great call. Tony, what do you got here in your turn of the year? My friend, <laughs>
2: uh kinney's pick could could almost be storyline of the year too or, or rivalry of the year because what those guys did on social media was great you know um it was really fun to follow along with that and, and then the surprise of i believe um who's Ryder's girlfriend um
1: just, yeah just she, she's
2: tweeting something about something and then he she was tweeting something about him leaving his toys around or something and then he shows up at the show so they kind of were playing everybody as much as they could um just a little backtrack here since i have all these previous winners and i don't want to leave that out for part of the show let me just recap the the previous gimmick match of the year winners 2017 for my picks uh was the bruce city wrestling local event uh halloween uh battle royal in which the invisible man won literally think about it literally the finish <laughs> was great uh the uh, nxt war games in 2018 uh, 2019, the men's version of War Games, which was also my match of the year. Last year, for me, it was uh, the Best Friends and Santana. So don't say I don't give nothing away to AEW. uh was Best Friends and San Antonio Ortiz for the parking lot brawl. Um, turn of the year. Uh, 2018, I we didn't have this. This uh, this is 2018 and on uh, uh, category. I had Daniel Bryan and Carmela co-winners. A couple heel turns. Uh Bailey in twenty nineteen, I think, was the pretty obvious one. Uh last year, Roman and Jey Uso, I think, was was a pretty obvious one. And and this year I myself, uh, I turned face pizza. Funny was around for a while over the summer. And then we came back to PC Tunney and now I'm more of, or more of a heel. I, I came in third second was Otis. Otis is a heel now big, big, huge turn. Everybody in the world was talking about Otis turning heel. Right. Um, but number one was definitely, I agree with Dave, uh, Becky Lynch and shout out to Kenny's pick, pick, which I didn't even think about.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, yeah, I, I, Kenny. This is why Kenny's here to keep us honest, Tony because we're just such homers for WWE mm. and AEW to a lesser extent. But, but yeah, honest, honest, honey. Well, wow, there's a first for everything. <laughs> we call first for everything. Right. You know? This is why. This is why we we have to bring in the cavalry, also known as Kenny Killer. So uh, <laughs> keep us honest. Oh, he's got
2: a, another nick name.
0: Yeah. Kenny, you know what? Uh, On that, on that front, I think it is only fair to turn this over to you, this category, promotion, federation, organization, I guess brand of the year. We really don't need to talk about brand so much anymore since that's kind of gone by the wayside. But, um, you know, in the past talking about this was, was almost, you know, you had to have brand of the year because there was only one real, I mean, you could talk ring of honor impact, that sort of thing. Um, that's changed a bit now the last couple of years. So What do you have as far as your promotion or organization or federation of the year?
1: So, again, this I'm gonna have to kind of pull this out in like a story kind of way, I suppose. And the fact that everyone knows I'm a predominantly WWE guy, I will always be a predominantly WWE guy. Um, I do venture out a bit and I watch um, AEW and you know, New Japan and stuff like that. Um, And I'm still finding it hard to fully, fully jump on board with AEW. I don't watch it all the time every week. Um, And it's just because I'm a WWE guy and I find it really difficult to just move. But man, I'm I'm in this game for wrestling, right? And yes, it's good to have, you know, obviously the entertainment side of, of it. But predominantly, I'm about wrestling. And WWE has failed so much this year for myself to the point where I no longer watch Raw. It's just – and I never thought I would say that. I never thought I would say I I would stop watching the WWE program. But I stopped watching Raw because the the wrestling and the Can't story – Can't you just is, record it? Can't you just re- nah, record it? No, nah, nah, I, I, nah, I I listen to podcasts and stuff instead just to get my fix. And if I feel if it's good, then I'll watch it. But, man, I it's just poor, back up. Poor, poor writing, poor – just it just yeah it just it just it's just not consistent enough for me and um, so my promotion of the year for me this year is AEW and it's because of the consistency i get with the wrestling the consistency i get with good wrestling on AEW on dynamite sorry on their pay per views um the pay-per-views are a bit different. Pay-per-views you get four a year, so it's a little bit different. Um, but the, the on the the you know the weekly stuff on Dynamite in terms of the length of matches, you know, on WWE sometimes you you know you'll get a match which will be you know five six minutes and it's a where does it kind of go? It doesn't really go anywhere sometimes. They, and with AEW, with majority of their matches on Dynamite, it seemed to be a link to something to go somewhere to then pick up on somewhere else and something else. And we've WWE's a lot of stop-start kind of stuff, or stuff that can be rushed sometimes, and they never used to do that. They never used to do that, but this year you can just see a massive failing with with writing and certain storylines, which are start, stop, start, stop. And um, yeah, it's it's yeah. I have to go with AEW. There's just not, it's been a lack of consistency for me this year with WWE. Um, this year more than any um year. Uh, yeah. So for me, it's AEW.
0: Tony, I know you're not going to probably agree, so I want to hear what you say before I disclose uh, my pick. Bring it, Tony. Totally, totally disagree to
2: with what Kenny says. Uh, this was a category that came into play in 2018. NXT won it from me, my vote, uh, the first two years out the gate. Hands down, that was easy. Last year, well, WWE got you. my vote. I WWE got my vote last year. I believe my reasoning would have been from the the production value they provided during the pandemic, which was excellent. So kudos to them last year. This year, SmackDown. SmackDown has the benefit of being a two-hour show. They have the benefit of the best storyline in WWE, Roman Reigns. They have the benefit of him being probably an award winner down the road um, in this show more times. Uh, The other thing I would say, though, Kenny, is WWE is doing all those things you said they're not, in my opinion they are having matches on television that are 20 to 30 minutes to start the show with the big stars. The problem is, is they're producing it like a TV show because they're having breaks in it. Right. So they'll give you seven, eight minutes at a time, but at least they're wrestling these matches towards those breaks. Right. So while you're not getting that, I still think you're getting the payoffs at the pay-per-views. I went over and looked back at all the pay-per-views from the WWE right this year. And there are, boy, I would, okay. We had 11 pay-per-views for the WWE this year. I would say there's easily more than 20 matches rated. I would rate a a seven or higher that happened on a pay-per-view. So those, that's a lot of really good wrestling. You're getting that in good doses on Ron Smackdown. You have to watch Ron Smackdown like Saturday night live. Not all the skits are for you. Not all the skits you're going to like, but the ones that are on there, if you just record it and fast forward to what you like, you're going to get something you like and it's going to be entertaining. I think the the wrestling in WWE, I just like the style better. I don't like watching the same set of moves in freaking AEW all the time. I don't like watching the same spots all the time. I don't like the lack of production in AEW right now either or anything below it. I'm a WWE snob. Maybe it's because I do consider it a soap opera. And I've been on that soap opera train since Raw started, since fucking WrestleMania, whatever. So if you fans from AEW or any other thing, you think you're so hardcore because you're the cool guy looking at this and, and watching this shit. Well, I'm the guy who's put in the work. So I'm the fucking cool guy. Right now, I'm a bad guy. So maybe I no, no, will no, be heel me, turn to the no, year. I don't, don't know. Forget-
1: don't forget, you're talking to a WWE guy. You know this. You're talking to a WWE guy, a hardcore I'm, I'm WWE guy. Uh, Kenny, but Kenny, if you stop if you stop listening
2: to me, I'm going to yell at that fucking cloud, okay? I'm just going to yell.
0: <laughs> well, Tuddy, Ed, Tuddy knows how I feel about WWE. I mean, most of what we've talked about for damn near seven years has predominantly been WWE. But in this category for organization, promotion, brand, federation of the year— I got to go with Kenny for AEW and, and I'm going to take it outside of the wrestling and just look at what they've accomplished this year. Getting CM Punk back after a seven year absence with people chanting his name for seven years is, is one thing and, and they, but, and I understand there's concerns and there's complaints that you've got in all this talent and you don't know what the hell I, to do with them. Still, I give it to impact over AEW this year. <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> but uh, I, I look at when I look at how AEW has bolstered their roster and gone from just kind of like it was just Kenny and Cody and Paige and the Bucks and a couple other guys. Okay, I had Lucha Brothers in that. When you talk about your adding to your roster in one year, and yeah, they were the benefactor of a lot of stupid shit that WWE did. But when you talk about they got CM Punk out of retirement, they get Brian Danielson, they get Adam Cole. Now you got Undisputed Era reforming in AEW um, you know, they got FTR last year. They, they, they keep acquiring assets that at least give them options as far as the roster. And I, I, I look at what they've done as far as bolstering the roster and yeah, whether they can use them all properly or not remains to be seen, but now they've got options. Whereas in year one and two, it was kind of limited, you know, that sort of thing. So I look at what they've done, not, I mean, what everything Kenny says about inside the ring Yeah, I don't like the fact that they give away these mega matches on Dynamite every single week. It's kind of like, you know, and I understand you only have four pay-per-views. And really what you're doing is supplementing those with these mega events in between them. But when I look at what AEW has done as far as bringing in talent and creating an alternative where guys want to go to the point that whatever WWE is doing with their roster and why they're doing it, we're not 100% sure of but this does give people an alternative a, a place to go and not everybody's heading there. And, you know, Tony can't sign everybody. Cause that'd be kind of stupid. But when I look at their roster combined with the events that they have put on and their pay-per-views have been largely very good this year, it's, you know, that sort of thing. I got to go with a W as well. Uh, WWE. I, I like SmackDown a lot. I tend to echo hey. Kenny's sentiments hey. as far as raw. Um, although it has been getting better lately. NXT, damn near got my disappointment of the year just because to see what that has turned into um yeah 2.0 and it's not that it's bad it's just not the black and gold and we could we're going to talk about that in a little bit um but yeah i mean other than smackdown and the pay-per-views you remove that and and i tend to agree with kenny wwe's got some problems and some gaps and some things that i staunchly disagree with that have taken place and AW, I don't feel as as uh, disconnected from right now. That's not to say that they're my preference, but when I'm looking at this objectively, I got to give it to them this year. I know I gave it to them last year too,
1: but that's okay. Man, they got their own issues as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Every, they all do. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: they all do. I mean, AEW's yeah, yeah. got issues. It's far from perfect. Let Let's not kid ourselves and say, oh yeah, this is perfect. Your women's division is still. Oh, lagging mate. lagging behind despite a couple things we're going to talk about in a little bit but uh but yeah i think overall you look at you took it you'd look at everything in ring and a lot of intangibles and stuff like that and just how much that roster has grown and gotten very i mean they are now honestly more like nxt than nxt is because now you're looking at AEW being the super indie whereas nxt used to be that you know and if they pick up gargano as well And, you know, it's like, okay, a lot of guys who don't match the WWE fit anymore as far as body wise, you know, and now they're all over here in uh, hanging out in Jacksonville. So anyway, that's what I got for uh, my promotion Federation brand of the year. Tony, I want to kick this category over to you. Pay-per-view of the year. This this should be an interesting one.
2: 2017 was the Royal Rumble. 2018 was WWE Evolution. 2019 was NXT TakeOver New York. Last year, I had a tie between the Royal Rumble and Hell in a Cell. This year, going with WrestleMania. I think if you counted as a one pay-per-view, both nights, the dynamic of having a two-night show, the dual main event, uh, the rain delay, uh, you possibly have a match of the year contender easily should be in everybody's top ten no matter what you watch between uh, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and Edge to close the show And there's a handful of other matches in that show. If you're rating them out of 10, you're easily going seven and a half or higher. So a lot of good storylines. I believe this was uh, one of the first big shows we had fans back that we were watching. So I got to go with WrestleMania this year. I thought kudos to WWE and some of the storylines they gave us. They start giving the fans more of what they want at WrestleMania time and, and, you know, let you bitch and complain from, you know, April to uh, March. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I got to go with you on this one, Tony. I got got WrestleMania 37 as well for my pay-per-view of the year. Clearly, night one was stronger than night two, although night two ended on a pretty cool note. Um, But I think you hit on it right near the end of what you were talking about there. This was the first event where fans were back. And you remember last year, my disappointment of the year last year was WrestleMania 36 and why we did this in an empty arena. And this wasn't WrestleMania. I don't give a shit what you guys called it. It wasn't WrestleMania. This was more coming full circle and was kind of like, okay, we've got the fans back. This was the first time they didn't, they could have possibly gotten back for the Rumble. They opted not to. They held off until WrestleMania. And yeah, that rain delay and the emotion of everything building during that beginning, because you were so anticipating seeing fans back. Yeah, limited capacity. Who gives a crap? Um, It was still just, I think as far as pay-per-views, as far as the emotional attachment to a pay-per-view, I can't remember anything like that in recent memory just because of everything that we'd gone through to get to that point. That by the time Drew and Bobby came out, it was almost, I mean, yes, it mattered, but everything leading up to that and the fact that, hey, we've got fans back, maybe we're turning the corner, um, when you compare that to the year before, was hugely
2: powerful for me. I got the card up from both nights, and I'll just, I'll just go over some matches that I think are easily a 7 out of 10 or better if you're rating on that scale. You obviously have the opener, Lashley and McIntyre. Seth Rollins and Cesaro had an excellent match that night um bad bunny damian priest that's miz and morrison on that one bianca Belair and sasha bank closed that match and then the second night which is said to be less of a show than the other one granted it started off not great with orton and alexa bliss and then the tag the women's tag match but you have kevin owens and Sami Zayn, sheamus defeating riddle is one of the most underrated matches for the united states title those two guys just beat the shit out of each other apollo cruz with the big win over big e to get the title Rhea Ripley actually put in a good women's match, she defeated Asuka for the title, and then the match we mentioned before the triple threat. I, but I just wanted to add to those points that the, those are the matches that you easily want to watch for the for a second time.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, it, it, as far as wrestling goes, it doesn't have to take a back seat to anybody. Kenny, what do you got here? Clean sweep, or are you going outside the box again, my friend?
1: Um, I would have no. It would have normally been Wrestle Kingdom it would have normally been Wrestle Kingdom because Wrestle Kingdom every year is just like geez yeah it's just amazing every year but um I think they they um took a hit this year on you know um injuries and uh people not being um able to fly over and things like that they took a hit so the you know the quality of the show wasn't as good as previous years um I think honorable mention has to go to full gear AEW's last pay-per-view that was an amazing pay-per-view um, there was some um some matches weren't great, but majority of the matches were were good. Um one of their best pay-per-views ever. Um but for me, um I, yeah, I would I have put down Mania Night One. Um, but if we're classing it as one pay-per-view, then it's WrestleMania as a whole. Um but night one, man, massively surprised, massively, massively surprised with Bad Bunny. Um, and I think as well because The night before... If I remember the night before we had... Was that when Pat McAfee... WrestleMania SmackDown. There was that... Not the night before, sorry. The um, NXT on that night. Was that when Pat McAfee... um, That was earlier in the week. That was like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. And I'm watching this guy against Adam Cole. And I'm like, like, okay, if this is what this guy is doing on NXT... uh, the, uh, every year NXT that WrestleMania just k- kicks it out of the park, and I just think, oh, you know, what are the main card going to do? And then Bad Bunny comes out, and I'm like, I had to just stand up and clap because I'm just thinking this guy has come from nowhere, and he's put the work in. He has put the work in to give us a really, really good match. Um, again, um, Drew and and Lashley, but Sasha and and um, and um and Bianca, man, that could have brought a tear to my eye when Sasha when um. Bel-air come out and she was wearing that lovely um like poncho and the Black Lives Matter on the ah oh, yeah, just everything about it just was just a spectacle. And having the fans back, it got you excited. Uh, that was one of the biggest things for WWE, being able to announce beforehand, you know, yes, there's gonna be fans there. Um, and just got you like pumped, ready for WrestleMania, and I enjoyed every minute of it.
2: Can I take us into the next category Dave because it's really related to what we're just talking about or do you want to sum this up first and let me let me
1: No I mean when you've
0: got a it's rare that these categories are unanimous as as we all know that it's it's generally doesn't work that way so you know when you have a unanimous category unanimous winner for pay-per-view of the year that's really all you got to say about it yeah WrestleMania 37 was a tremendous com- accomplishment on many different physical and emotional levels so
2: so A couple of times during the conversation here, I I thought we were going to get to a certain point and I tried intentionally to steer the conversation back away from it. But it's the rain delay and it's the promos that were given during (laughs) the rain delay in culmination of that entire rain delay and what they did. And that WrestleMania rain delay and those promos are my promo slash promos of the year.
0: Yeah that's that's a good call. And and I like that and I hadn't thought about that to, to have those guys adjust on the fly You're, like they did.
2: Seth Rollins, I think Pat uh, uh Drew McIntyre, Drew. um uh, Kevin Owens, uh Samoa Joe and and and, and um, uh, Michael Cole were, were kind of doing the you know back and forth. I I might be missing something. I was going to go back and watch it but I had to finish a game of Madden. Um <laughs> I did an hour of work though, Dave. I did an hour <laughs> of work at least. I, I appreciate uh, that. I am on holiday for Kenny. Kenny's here. I talk and I speak British. Um, I'm a holiday right now. Yeah, vacation, guys. I'm on vacation. Um, I tell they- you
0: though, they, they those guys made that situation with the with the fans who were there and the anticipation worldwide at a fever pitch, and then to have to pull back and say, "Oh shit." You know, what else? And, and it almost like I remember feeling like, God, this thing is just cursed. You know, it's just not going to happen. And, and you know, we got all this excitement. And, and then for those guys to bridge that gap until they could appear, that's a great call. I got to go with CM Punk's promo on Rampage when he returned after seven years and and talked about everything and talked about nothing all at the same time. Didn't get <laughs> didn't get so didn't get too specific as to anything he talked about in the podcast, but explained. In his own words, why he came to AEW, why he wanted to be a air-quoting wrestler again, and why where he left wasn't so much of that. I mean, I he took some very not-so-subtle digs at WWE, basically saying that he started wrestling here, and now he came back to it years later and just like, let's disregard the entirety of my tenure in WWE. And it's like, dude, the part that bugs me is like, if you had never been there, you would not be where you are today. So don't exactly. you know don't don't downsell what you got out of working for that company and nobody would give a shit about you but for the drama of your departure. Still, as far as looking at promos, I look at what he did under really what had to be very difficult circumstances. You're in your hometown. People have been anticipating this moment for 7 years. You come out there, you control your emotions as well as he did and then talk about everything that he talked about for a good 10 minutes and basically say i'm back darby allen i want you at all out everything that he did in that promo under really i i think those were very difficult circumstances for anybody because you could tell that wasn't scripted and i just think i look at all the promos year across the year and i look at what he did on that night and i got to give it to cm punk for that promo on rampage Kenny.
1: Yeah, solid, solid shout, man. Um also, um, Tani, yeah, really good shout cause I I forgot about that completely until you started talking about it. And yeah, Kevin Owens owned that bit, man. He you just saw how you know how much of a professional he is. Like he just took that, took the ball, just like, put me on, and yeah, just went with it. Um, I would have said CM Punk as well. Um, but I'm I've decided to give um a shout out and shed some light on a guy who I don't think um gets the kudos he deserves because he is he's been underrated for a long time and now he's he's got the platform to really showcase what he can do especially on the mic but my shout out goes to uh, uh, Eddie Kingston And it goes to Eddie Kingston, especially recently on his feud with CM Punk um, and his feud with, with, with Moxie, but with mostly on CM Punk, because um, when I uh, first started watching Eddie Kingston um, in RH, I always knew he was amazing on the mic. And then um, I decided to venture out and watch some more uh, organizations. And I watched, started watching MLW uh, where he was on along with Tom Lawler and along with um, Jacob Fatu and all these other guys. Um, And His faction that he had, he was the lead and he was running the mic like it wasn't nothing. He was going for it every time. And I just, anytime he talks, it just captivates me because he's the way he talks. He talks like it's it's not scripted. He talks like something. Someone's not writing something for him. He's like he can just do it just off the bat. And it comes from the heart. And I think every time he manages to be in a a specific storyline, which goes on historical elements of his career with certain people, he manages to bring it out even more. And I think the promos, especially with Punk, um, yeah, have been amazing. So um, but overall it's Eddie Kingston, man. Just on the on the stick this year has just been on fire.
0: Yeah, talk about a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Indy Darling, who, you know, you really weren't sure whether he was going to be able to get that point across on a bigger stage such as AEW. And he really I mean stuff he's done with with punk. Um who did he feuded with somebody else well before or, or Omega. Listen, or no, not, not Omega. Anything's
2: possible. Anything's possible in the land of Marco Stunt, okay? That's <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I think we'll we'll just leave it there. So uh good choices yeah, all exactly. around for promo of the year. Tunny with the WrestleMania rain delays, me with punk, Kenny with Eddie Kingston. Um I'm gonna take the lead on this one because I already kind of alluded to it. Biggest disappointment of the year. Yeah, honorable mention is the, is what's happened to NXT. And I'm not saying, I don't want anybody to jump down my fucking throat and, and and say that, oh, well, you know, are you saying NXT sucks? No, I'm not saying it sucks. And Braun Breaker is, what what's up, Tony? NXT
2: sucks. Okay.
0: Look, I Braun Breaker's a star in the making. You don't have to say it, I'll say it. I, I, I really agree that. I, I really see that. But I, I it is not what it was before. I missed the takeovers leading into the big four or big five pay-per-views or whatever it is. I miss all that stuff and just the build to things. And I understand pushing new talent and it's going to take some time. And this is like, we talk about this with the MCU with people bitching about the present phase. Well, this isn't the infinity saga. Well, no shit. It's not. So you can almost extrapolate that to NXT and say, it's not the black and gold. And it's not. And I get that. That's not my biggest disappointment of the year. My biggest disappointment of the year has got to be all of the releases in WWE that have taken place that, don't make a lot of sense from, from my standpoint, I get, I get cost cutting, but when your profits are sky high, like they are and, <laughs> and, and you're releasing not just mid card talent, but you know, you're talking Braun Strowman's gone, Bray Wyatt's gone. You know, you let Adam Cole go, you fucked up and let Alistair black end up because you screwed up his contract. Um, just the John, John Morrison, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I know I'm forgetting people because there's been so many of them. I can't remember all of them, but these are good, talented, quality guys who you think that even if you didn't have a place for them, they could have served some meaningful thing in your roster. And now they're just, they're just gone. And, and I don't, it can't just be cost cutting. I know that Nick Khan's got his own idea of what he's doing. I don't understand it. And I don't get what the fuck he's doing. But at the same time, when you look at, you could start a, your own promotion and a damn good one with just <laughs> the people WWE exactly. has released this year and AW, you can't people like saying, you know, I know people get on them. Well, are you signing all this talent? Why not? If they're out there for you and you can bolster your roster with them, you'd kind of be dumb not to pill for some of what Vince has just handed to you. So for me, it's just looking at these guys and men and women who've been released you know, Canyon Cross, dude, you were the NXT champion and then within 6 months you're gone and Scarlett's gone and Tony's uh, biting his tongue but it's that's for me that's the biggest disappointment of the year for me It's just like what the fuck is going on over in we love WWE all of us and and I don't I don't get I don't get the strategy. Tony, maybe you get it.
2: <clears throat> make room for the new. I mean, is there people who are stuck in a rut in WWE. Karrion Cross is a guy who Man, I, I don't know. I don't want to play insider baseball and talk about carrying Cross as a person, so we won't go there. But the same people that bitch about the cuts in WWE are the same people that bitch about this, that, and the other not getting a spot here, here, or there. So now there's room for here, here, or there. So I don't know. What do you think? They're, they're a billion, million, billion, gazillion dollar company. They have to maintain the streamlined. Kenny, I'm glad I got you as agitated as I was before. And
1: go. Um. Yeah, no. Um I suppose I'll just go into what my biggest disappointment is cuz it's weird it kind of Oh, you don't want to argue with me. What the hell? <laughs> but um I just got to give a, a honorable mention to AEW and sign in everyone because my my biggest bugbear with them right now is you have a free you have 5 hours if that, 4 hours Um, No one's watching Dark, no one's watching Elevation You have four hours, and you have All of these people, where are they going? Where are they going? Someone said to me The other day, oh, um Oh, uh, Ty Conti, she's now on thing. She's getting, you know, um, she's, you know, uh, ascending and she's getting better. No, she's exactly where she was in NXT. Like, she's exactly where she was. She's not on TV every week. She, she, the only difference is she's not at the PC getting the work done. Like, they have no PC. So she, she's not getting that, that kind of work done. Um, So, my, one of my biggest gripes with them is, is that part is signing everyone just hold tight on that because there's people that still need to get over who are your people like you know um adam page and your and your darby Allin, your jungle boys those need to be your focus the other guys are already over they will continue to be over just similar like uh like you um dave is uh nxt to change now i completely understand i'm an original og black and gold i'm actually an original fcw guy so this is why i kind of i get what they're trying to do you know. They want to um, stop obviously all the indie guys coming in and be, and have more kind of people who don't have any experience whatsoever so they can mold them into the WWE way. So in fact, NXT 2.0 is just FCW. Like that's what, that's what it is. It's gone back to what it used to be. Um, And, uh, yeah. So I get it. I still watch NXT because I'm a bit of a sweat. Like I like to see people develop. So I want to see who's coming in. I want to see who's gone through, uh, you know, the, um, the tryouts and stuff like that and see them develop so that they come on the main, roster, and war, on games, the main roster.
0: war games was a solid event. The women, I hated the oh, women. My. I hated the women's war games match, but the men's was great.
1: The men's was great. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, like, they're not messing around now. These guys are coming in, they're learning the trade. They're getting put on TV. Bam. Can you sink or swim? Are you ready? No, you're not ready. Bye. And that's that's what's going to happen. Um, now, my biggest disappointment kind of coincides with your biggest dis- disappointment. My biggest disappointment is WWE programming, especially Raw. That is my biggest disappointment. Do you know how, how hard it was for me to stop watching Raw? Like, that hurt me. Like, that actually hurt me. I've been a guy that's been watching wrestling since 1989, right? And to actually stop watching WWE, really really hurt me um and it coincides with your biggest disappointment all of these releases okay i get you want to make the new and blah 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 um wwe has failed okay to look at the consistency that has happened in nxt with some of these guys okay and their storylines and their personas and so on so on which were over to a certain demographic of people to talk to other writers because there's two different writing teams to talk to them to get these guys up you know and uh up on the main roster and you know continued to do what they were doing down there some people have and I'm, I've made it some people haven't and gone but when they have actually put brought up some people and started to release some people you just makes you think well what what is what what is the point i mean you look at clear example right clear example you look at hit row hit row okay shanti de again he is sh- a, a guy who was um, some experience, minor experience, um, same with um, uh, AJ Francis. Um, obviously, we know Swerve; he's done his thing. They put them on NXT, and they were as soon as they came out. I was, I was, I was hooked. That was it. That was my thing. Okay, B. Fab she is straight developmental, like straight coming from af- you know an athletic be- background. Let's put them on TV. Let's bring them up to SmackDown. You bring them up to SmackDown without the person who actually helps to bring it together, that difference with B-Fab, she gets released. Now a hit row on no, not really on TV. You don't really see them on TV. It's happened time and time again. They've put up these people and then all of a sudden they've been on TV once and they're released. Like they're bringing them up, no plan, no talking, no consistency. And then they're released. I mean, look at Tony Storm. It's only now, it's only now because the women's wrestling at the moment is starting to fracture a bit. If you, if you've seen in, you know, on, on Raw and SmackDown, you look at the names and the names they had, the names they've released and the names that are now there. For me, that's, again, one of my biggest disappointments is that they failed to capitalise on some of the talent that they had. It's their it's their fault why these guys haven't fully been over because they, there hasn't been a consistency in measuring up the writing teams on both of those brands. You have to have to do that to be able to help them get over. You can't all of a sudden, OK, here's this new gimmick. And then we're going to throw you on TV. Um, carrying Cross, good example. Like Scarlett, what happened there? Like she, that worked, that whole thing worked. And then now she's gone. Now it doesn't work. You've put him in this weird gladiator gimmick. It just, it, there's just no consistency there. Um, and it's affected the programming, and especially on Raw. They've done the draft now and it's shored things up a bit more. But man, that's the first year, that, sorry, the first part of the year. I was str- I was struggling, man. I just, some of the stuff that I was watching on there are just like, yeah, some of it's entertainment, but I'm just like, dude, I need to turn this off. I cannot watch three hours of this show. I cannot, man. It's just, it's so hard. SmackDown, SmackDown's been really good. SmackDown's been good. You know, even when Daniel Bryan was on there and he's left and stuff, and it's still continued to be good. But Raw is the drizzling shits, man. I'm sorry, but it's just like, it's, it's got better recently. It's got better recently, but man, it is the tr <laughs> it tris- It's so different from SmackDown. It's unbelievable. Like, sorry, I have to go on a bit of a rant there, but I just had to put it into oh. context.
0: I think Tony and I would agree with you uh, on a lot of fronts about Raw and their quality. They are improving, That's but not. they are getting better uh-huh. slowly but surely. Tony, I, I don't know what what was your disappointment of the year. I don't know if you really gave us your answer. You just kind of uh, batted around a few things.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, 205 Live was my disappointment of the year in 2017. Uh, The brand split in 2018. AEW's women's division in 2019. AEW was my disappointment of the year last year. This year, my disappointment is AEW with CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Adam Cole. Not just the fact that they're in AEW and getting wasted away in stupid fucking storylines, because... God bless your souls, wrestling internet community. If Adam Cole shows up in a Ghostbusters outfit on Halloween in WWE, you're going to bitch the fuck until Twitter blows up. But he does it in AEW and everybody's like, oh my God, he's so fucking cute. All right, that's great. (laughs) I'm just saying. Here's the deal. What's the biggest mistake WCW and Eric Bischoff made? They waited too long to give Bret Hart the title. He should have been brought in and put into the title picture and given the title right away. What's the biggest mistake they made with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan? They did not insert them and give them the title right away. And my problem is, is okay, think about people like me that watch wrestling and watch a lot of wrestling and a big CM Punk fan, big, big Daniel Bryan fan. I already don't care about them in AEW to the point where I won't even tune back in to watch them win the title. Now, if they would have done it right away, maybe they could have hooked me in with the better storyline. There's ways to argue that back and forth. I'm just telling you personally, that's my biggest disappointment. And you can look at history to say maybe that's a really big mistake that AEW just made because the ratings haven't gone up. You've gotten all these people. And your only thing you've proved is that Vince McMahon is better with all these people than you are making money. Period. End of story.
0: Yeah, I mean, AEW's mentality is not and I, I see, I see the rationality of it to not hot shot these guys right in to get them the title because mm. that WWE has done that in the past. I as get well. that too, but yeah, but let's make, let's right. move the needle. Right. But that's and that's AW's challenge is How do I balance this out to the point where I don't want to do that? But recognizing like what Tony's saying, there's a lot of people out there who are going to expect punk to win the title or Brian to win the title. Maybe not Cole, at least we're not right yet, but, um, yeah, Punk and Brian are the two guys you look at and say, "Yeah, when are they, when do they at least get him some opportunity to get a title? Sh- I mean, well, I take that back. Brian's got that, you know, and we're going to see what happens with him and, and Hangman down the line. But anyway, yeah, I mean, you raise a good point. I think that's something that we'll have to wait and see what time. Time will tell the story, and then we'll come back here five years from now and say, God damn, Tunney was <laughs> right. Or, man, Tunney was just way out to lunch on that damn thing. So, uh,
1: you know, Tunney.
0: Go ahead, Kenny. No, I
1: was just gonna say. No, I get what Tony's saying. I definitely get what Tony's saying. My, my, I think what um, I've said it previously. Like one of my issues with you know with AEW is that, like, or one of the things they should be focusing on is building up guys. Because I don't want them to do what TNA did, where they built up their own guys, and then all of a sudden you just had all these people that were over elsewhere come in and then it just took over everything and then you kind of just forgot about the others. And I, that's what I don't want to happen. I want them to secure the bag by making sure that they, they build their own guys. You know, your, your jungle boys, your Darby Allens, Darby Allen is mad over, uh, you know, Um, and you build those guys uh, up to a level so that your mid card is strong. And then when they come up, they become, you know, Um, I, yeah, when Kenny Omega came in and he weren't, Position as a champion straight away. I actually liked that. Some of the storylines he did, I didn't like, but I liked that he didn't go in straight away, uh, because I felt that your other guys needed the thing, and you needed next maybe you know your Jericho's ex- experienced guy to help ha- carry that through. To ha- you know, because you want someone, you want to be able to trust someone to help carry other people through. Um, uh, again, I, I I don't watch. It's funny. Look, what I they don't did watch with Moxley. AEW. With for, Moxley, they did the same yeah. thing. Like I don't watch AEW for. Um, for punk at all because for me, he's done nothing since he's been there. He's gone there and he's come back and he talks on the mic a lot, and his work in the ring hasn't been great. Like, so I'm not there for that. I'm there for Daniel Bryan because I know when he's in the ring with these guys, I want to see I don't want to see punk in the ring with that's not a dream match for me. I don't want it because he's not the same. I want to see Daniel Bryan with these guys. That's what I want to see because Daniel Bryan is at his peak doing what he does best. That's what I want to see. I also want to see new guys. I get fun out seeing new guys being pushed, different guys. You know, I, I know about Punk. You know, I know about DB. I know about, you know, all these other guys. I want to see new guys come through.
0: Well, you know, I think uh, since we're talking Punk, and I know he might get some consideration here, who's, who's your pick for Comeback Wrestler of the Year, Kenny?
1: Um, my uh, pick for comeback of the year is Edge, even though Edge um, came back last year um, in the Rumble, um, more of a one shot. I think this year in terms of the, you know, comeback and his um, his ring work, whilst he come back and his mic work, the storylines he's been involved in. I just feel for me, Edge and a oh, man that every time that pyro hits, it, it don't matter where it is. Anytime that pyro hits, I'm just like a blubbering, blubbering little girl, man, like, I love, I love that, man, that's my, you know, Edge was, after HBK. Edge was my guy, you know, so, um, yeah, for me, it's got to be Edge, the reason why I didn't pick CM Punk is because he hasn't done much, like, he's come back, he's talked a lot, he's had a couple matches, matches haven't been great, that's it.
0: Yeah, see, my comeback wrestler of the year is CM Punk, although, listening to you, you, you make some good points, that, but, it, you know, is that really his fault, or is that the way, like Tony's saying, the way he's being booked? Because I look, yeah, at, I look at what he does against Eddie Kingston, and, and I look at what he did against Darby Allen. You could see the talent is still there that he hasn't missed a beat. And as far as promo skills, Punk is still probably, arguably, the best in the world as far as that is concerned. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, the fact is, guy was away for seven years, comes back, really hasn't missed a beat a, a, as far as his in-ring stuff. And I understand we don't have a full canvas to look at what he can do because he hasn't been put in there yeah i want to see him against daniel or against kenny omega or hangman or or something like that on the other hand i do like the fact that punk came back and and he didn't demand i want to be inserted into the main event which you know a lot sure. of people say that's why he didn't he didn't you know because he was pissed off about what happened with not being the main event at 28 stuff with the undertaker at 29 um but i look at you know he's come back He put in the work to get Eddie Kingston over and establish Eddie Kingston a little bit more. He helped Darby Allen get over. You know, everybody people were expecting him like maybe he would actually put Darby over in that match. That didn't make any sense. But I look at the fact that, you know, what he did for impact or not impact, for AEW's ratings initially at least, coming back, being Mm -hmm. gone for seven years, largely living up to most expectations. I agree everything you're saying that he hasn't been positioned properly which is what tunny's saying as well he has not been positioned properly to fully capitalize upon this return but yeah had edge not come back last year i would have been i mean edge was my pick la i think unanimous pick last year uh for all of us and i i gotta give it to cm punk just when you look at how far how long he was away with all that anticipation and, and i go back to i don't think punk gets enough credit because of the pressure that has got to be he's got to feel it with the fans' expectations and all that stuff, and he's largely delivered. So he gets my he gets my vote for comeback wrestler of the year. Tony, what do you got in this category, man?
2: Uh, Twenty seventeen was Cesaro. Twenty eighteen was Daniel Bryan. Twenty nineteen, Chapa and Reign split the award. Last year was not, not unanimous. I had MVP as my comeback wrestler right. of the year. This year, I'm gonna go with the miracle of childbirth and Becky Lynch and her heel turn to boot with it we're going to go with big time Bex as our comeback of the year.
0: Not a bad pick. Yeah. I mean that, that you, and well, we'll talk about Becky later on. So, um, breakout star of the year. Anybody want to take this category? Cause I know I'm going to piss Tony off with this, with my pick in this. Uh, category. Kenny, why don't, you, yeah. <laughs> why don't you break this one out for us, Kenny? Uh,
1: breakout star of the year. um, yeah, honourable mention to Bianca. Um, again, I think for me, her breakout year was last year for me. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think, um, you know, from NXT to the main roster, for me, that was the breakout year. Um, I have to give uh, honourable mention to Britt Baker um, as well. Uh, I think she's still got a way to improve in, in the ring. But man, as development of a character and on the mic, if she was in WWE and she had the women that are in WWE, she would be a friggin' star. Like if she had the women that are in WWE, she would be a a huge star. So um, I'd have to give a shout out to her. Um, Oh man. I think for me though, the breakout is hard because I've always always got an honorable mention to MJF as well. But for me, it's Darby, Darby Allen, man, Um, man. uh, I look at him um, and where he's come from and how he's, becomes so over with a demographic of people where he can get even bigger and cross over not only because of his style in the ring but just his persona the way he carries himself and i think they took a punt on him having him as a mid card champion um if i was AE- if i was in charge of AEW and i was thinking okay i these are these are the guys i need to get over in a certain way i need to get a uh, main um, you know a main champion over i need to get a mid carder over i need to get a women's champion over Britt Baker, you know, you know, she's in there now. Um, Darby Allen or Drunker Boy would be my mid-carders, um, along with Miro. Obviously, Miro's there um, at the moment. And then you have your Adam Page, your, um, you know, your um, Kenny Omega, your Daniel Browns, whatever. He's, yeah, for me, he's delivered every match I've seen him in this year, um, especially on pay-per-view. I feel like he's delivered. Um, and having Sting with him in the role that Sting's in, where he barely talks he you know um barely wrestles he's just there to advise him uh yeah for me it's 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 a star player
0: Tony uh, Bianca's your pick
2: Yes definitely I I mean I agree with Kenny she had a great year the year before but to truly break out and to capitalize off of the rivalry of the year last year for me, Sasha and Bailey to have the great run with Bailey and turn it into the great run with Sasha and the main event WrestleMania, and then to continue to be the one that's so broken out and hot that she actually is the one that they bring big time backs back with and let her capitalize off of that, that now you look at WWE, there's not ready for primetime players, there's ready for primetime players. And she's officially joined the ready for primetime players club where she can go off now for a little bit and put other people over and bring elevate other people in different storylines so we pay attention to that while she's not in the main event storyline, which she will be back to much sooner than later. Bianca Belair, for me, for that reason, and just trying to recognize everybody that's played a big role in my mainly... WWE Swaggy Awards here, uh, Bianca Belair. Since she didn't get it last year, I gave it to MVP. Uh, or no, I breakout star. I gave to Pat McAfee last year, which Dave I think announced <laughs> of was the unanimous. year announcer announcer of the year may could be a possible category next year. Which this year I would have voted
1: for Pat McAfee. I even wrote it down. But anyway, Bianca Belair, kinney my breakout star of the year. Yes, sir. I just gotta give up throw a little bit of shade on 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 that to Tony's way where he said. <laughs> Right, he said um, that she was picked to, um, you know, for Becky to come back against. Bro, who else is there? <laughs> who else is there? Wow. Who else so, is
0: there? It's, I mean, and that was. What does that so, I mean, it was supposed to be Sasha. Well, what does that tell in, you? Though? in the,
1: in the, cer- it's so obvious, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it has to. Oh, oh I would have. I was happy that it was her, hundred percent. But if it wasn't her, who else is there? Like, there's, uh, there's.
0: I could tell you being there. At Summerslam, when Carmella came out, the the, time, the the depression was palpable. Time,
1: Kenny, at the time
0: <laughs> they could have done
2: something At the time they still had Nia, they could have done something easily oh. with Nia being the one. No, but being the one that set her her stardom into hey, motion. Basically, I, I mean, like inadvertently, she kind of she kind of poured, poured the rocket fuel down the engine.
1: Hey, I, right, I tell you what. If- In
2: terms of a uh, storyline. Wait,
1: yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, Well, yeah, yeah. Bianca, I mean that's a real
2: Bianca... life meeting storyline. That that always explodes something where she actually busted up her face. Granted, uh, you know, not storyline written, but involved in that storyline that exploded that. That's she's the reason she's the female stoke gold Steve Austin. That doesn't happen. She's still a big star, but she's but listen, no, she's not that person right now. She's mm. not not on that level.
0: If Bianca could have hit Naya with the KOD, that would have gotten her over pretty, pretty well. That would have been a, oh. that would have been something to see. Um, oh, yeah. So my breakout star of the year, you know, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Bianca Belair. I can't give it to her because of the way she's kind of been booked in the back half of the year, especially with Becky. That bothers me. Um, I mentioned Braun Breaker. He's an honorable mention because I think this guy's a big star. I wish they'd let him use the Steiner name. This is just stupid. It's like, wait, we're Braun Strowman. <laughs> What the fuck is going? Let him be Steiner. Kenny mentioned my breakout star of the year, and I can't believe I'm actually going to give this to her. But it is Britt Baker, and a year ago, I'm okay
2: with that? I mean, I'm okay with that. A, a
0: year ago, I was so down on Britt Baker. I'm like, you, yeah, why, she, What she the turned fu- it around? Yeah. What the fuck are you guys doing with this girl? Why are you positioning her in the front of the line like you are? And granted, let's be honest, AW's women's division is not close to wwe still to this day and but taking that into consideration and i listened to uh keeping it 100 with conan he feels the same way about Britt that i do that i never would have expected what she has accomplished this year to come to and yes big shout out and an assist to thunder rosa for the match that they had where Britt got busted open and now well, you've got that look. we're gonna
2: we're gonna get to that
0: yeah, and and you got that look on on their face, like you know, now it's like Austin three sixteen, all the the blood running down his face, and how that got him to the next level. Britt got to that same. Le- it's comparable. It's certainly not the same. Don't get me wrong, but it's comparable to that. That that really elevated her to a certain place. But she is turned into somebody very solid on the mic. She has improved in the ring. She's not Charlotte. She's not Sasha. She's not Bianca. She's not Becky. She's probably not even Bailey. Um, or any of that stuff, but she hasn't improved dramatically in the ring.
2: Listen, she's fucking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that counts for something, you know, and and, uh, Tony Schiavone. wishes he was there. No,
2: no, listen, listen, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ask you a serious question. I want you to give me a serious answer. Right. And all joking aside from all the joking we do. Do we stick around long enough for Britt Baker if we if she if she's not dating and and with legitimately Adam Cole? Like like we're we're so buerific her and what she started with and it never if she it's not even close. It's not even close. And now granted, that's just a part of who she is. She's a great person, Adam Cole's a great person. They attracted to each other, they're hard working and Britt Baker came around and now she's kind of getting less green and green as she goes along, but we do not stick around for the amount of time, not even a tenth of the amount of time we did for Britt Baker and the stink show that she was to begin with. If it not for Adam Cole being her boyfriend, her significant other, and I'm not trying to take anything away from women's wrestling or from Britt Baker at all, because I'm about to praise her shortly.
1: Yeah, sorry, I have to disagree, man. For myself, anyway, I, I, the fact that she's with Adam Cole, it's never even come in my mind when I'm when I'm you know watching it like when i've watched her there's never i've because they're on different shows like i've never i just don't put the two together even though i know they're together but i just i've never done that like i've I, i was like um dave i did not like her whatsoever. i was like what is this woman doing on my team like what is she how is she the you know the champion like how is she where she was and fair enough man i gotta give her kudos like she's gone back and she's worked and she's worked just like when charlotte did when she was in nxt and you were like wait a minute what and then she's, all of a sudden, she's worked, 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 work, And Dave, just to take a bit from you, like, no, she's not Charlotte. She's not, you know, Bailey. She's not, she's got to a spot where she doesn't have to be. She's got to a point now where she is Britt Baker. And people got to put, some, I, you know, I was one of them. And, you know, I'm going to have to say people got to start putting some respect on her name because she has put the time and effort in, not only on the mic, but in the ring to be where she is now. Whenever she has a promo, I look forward to it because I just know it's going to be gold. It's going to be absolute fire. And to the the way that she interacts with Tony Schiavone, having that, you know, that straight man and stuff. Mm-hmm. Wicked is wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah
0: so, I, yeah. And I I mean, yeah, you got to. I mean, I think like Kenny, you mentioned it earlier, if she had better pieces to work with. I think it would elevate her game. But yeah, you know, Ty Conti, who's fine. But we saw what she could do at NXT and it really hasn't changed that much. Um, you know, Sheeta. we've seen everything Sheeta can do. Uh, some of the other other gals who are there. But yeah, I just look at, you know, in the fact, the, the whole DMD gimmick has really gotten over to the point like in Pittsburgh in her hometown where she's cheered massively. It's like she's not a face. You guys know that. But it doesn't matter um, just for the fact that she really came out of nowhere this year. And I, I she was an afterthought. The whole Adam Cole thing. Yeah, it was in the back of my mind. I don't think it influenced me to stick around with her any longer last year because i was just like why is she bothering me with her presence on (laughs) this on the tv screen when there's other stuff i mean she's doing nothing she's not great in the ring her promos are okay it's almost like she was the golden child of the women's division of AEW and hadn't earned it and this year Mm. she earned it in the ring she earned it on the mic i don't think anybody has changed my opinion of them more radically in one year than Britt baker did this year that's why i gotta give her this category um let's go to the the last of the first half of the swaggy awards i'm going to give this over to pc tutty first to talk about this one rivalry of the year feud of the year whatever you want to call it what do you have in this category mr presence collector
2: uh former breakout star winners pat mcafee keith lee ronda rousey jason jordan Shout out to Jason Jordan. Rivalry. Former rivalry winners. I already mentioned Sasha and Bailey last year, the year before the Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT Survivor Series. The year before that, the big Becky and Charlotte rivalry. And the year before that was the year of the Usos versus the New Day. This year, I'm going to give a shout out to a rivalry you may not remember happening this year. It's a rivalry that's been going on for a long time. And it's a shout out to two guys that are actually the most valuable to WWE and not WWE guys. And it's been proven because a lot of people were wrong. And it's the Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn rivalry that was early in the year that went through SummerSlam and a little bit uh, or WrestleMania into the summer. These guys are always gold when they get together and WWE knows it. And that's why they're not in AEW, they're not free agents. They are re-signed. And if you get the 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 storylines and the screen time and the money from WWE that you get when you're Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, why would you go anywhere else? And like Sami has been Kevin Owens, money. what he's doing.
0: Sami's been money oh, with Brock. Kevin Lesner. Owens,
2: yes. Kevin Owens, what he's doing right now for the storyline he's in with that title. And then yes, Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn was freaking gold. Freaking. Gold and i've multiple times if you go back and you go on want to run down my twitter there's just random thank you sammy zane tweets period
0: so is that your rivalry of the year kevin versus sammy
2: yes sir all right uh
0: i'll i'll go next um i think it's a cop-out to go and say AEW versus wwe that's too easy you know and i don't really know if that's really a rivalry per se That's yet. like
2: packers bears uh
0: well i it's probably a little closer than that, maybe not money wise, but anyway, come on, Packers and Bears, geez, where's Mister O'Dowd? Let's get him on the phone so he can talk about that with us. But uh, for me, the rival- like, you know, for me, the rival, the rivalry of the year is Seth Rollins versus Edge. Uh, this was my favorite rivalry of the year. Um, three great matches, lots of emotion, lots of fun storytelling. I I love Seth going to going to Edge's house. And, dude, you left the front door open. I know you live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, but you got to lock your door. I love that segment where he goes in Edge's front room, kicks his feet up, has some fruit. Um, there are matches between each other. 3 It's hard to pull off three different matches, but yet they did. And they made them all look good with Edge winning the first one at SummerSlam, Seth coming back and stomping him out, and 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 just... Seth playing up the whole emotional angle about where he dabbled with the whole thing. Does he actually have a conscience? No, he really didn't. But you kind of got into the point where you thought, well, maybe he does. And, and then Edge, of course, winning the blow off at Hell in a Cell in a tremendous match. I think it was. No, it was. Where was it? It wasn't at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. But it, what's that? Crown Jewel. Yeah, but it was, Jewel. A, it was a Hell in a Cell match at Crown Jewel. Yeah, that. I mean, and, and shout out to Crown Jewel as something I really thought about as pay-per-view of the year. Talk about something coming out of nowhere and going into the past and looking at the shit show that Crown Jewel has been in the past. And it was awesome this year. Um, but I, I think as far as emotion and storytelling and driving a narrative and just having two guys who can really bring it in the year and the whole you're nothing but edge light and Seth trying to get around that. Um, yeah, Seth Rollins versus edge is, is the rivalry of the year for me. Kenny, what do you got here, man?
1: Um, so for myself, um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. But my, my pick is um, is uh, Kyle O'Reilly against Adam Cole. Uh, I think they had a, a series of matches um, you know, oh. this year, which were really good. Um, the storylines was good. The promos were good. The back and forth was good. I just, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, so that's my, my, my rivalry of the year.
0: Dude, I would have gone with you on that, but for that last match. And that, oh, ruined, yeah. that match. ruined it That ruined it for me. And I was like, uh, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, <laughs> two out of three falls, and this is what you guys came up with? Uh, so, yeah. It, and and there's a problem with AEW. And I will say this, that Kyle O'Reilly shows up it, it, on, on AEW, and it's like him and Cole are staring at each other like, what, you guys are just going to forget everything that happened for the last year and hug and kiss and make up, and it's all good. So, anyway. But that's we're at the halfway point of the Swaggy Awards. Tony, I think this is as good a time as any since this episode likely going to appear on the chairshot.com for a commercial break. Tony, why don't you tell people where they can get themselves on some fine chairshot.com merchandise paraphernalia, wearing paraphernalia, not the other kind of paraphernalia. We haven't marketed that yet. So uh, let let people know where can they get all this great stuff, man.
2: Yeah, head on over to com forward slash The Chair Shot. Pick yourself up a Chair Shot t-shirt. Make yourself look more aesthetically pleasing. And, uh, you know, it makes a great gift as well. That's com forward slash The Chair Shot. We'll be right back with the seventh edition of the Swaggy Awards right here. You're listening to, I'm not, I'm not sure how to kick this one out. We're just going to play a commercial. It's going to be on the Chair shot Radio Network.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll be right back. And we're back for night two of the swag. It feels like night two at the
2: <laughs> maybe we'll even get maybe maybe we'll even get Kenny to do a promo here
0: at the end of the show. Oh, I that would be worth the price of admission. We well he appears uh, he appears on all of our uh, stuff every week on Bandwagon Nerds. You didn't yeah, know you're on I, Bandwagon Nerds I, every week, did you? That's <laughs> right, oh man. So let's kick off this back half and we're gonna start off the second 10 that we're going to talk about with moment of the year. I want to give Kenny the forum, the spotlight to talk about. What was your moment of the year in professional wrestling in 2021?
2: Right here, Um, right now, being able to podcast with myself. Tony, what's it? Well, that's, I mean, yeah, me, it's, it's, it's 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 unanimous. Clearly Kenny's moment of the year. I mean, good for him. Not a lot of people get to do a show like this with you and I, Dave.
0: That's true, exactly.
1: except exactly. a few people every um, week, but hey. <laughs> um, so my moment of the year, uh, so shout out to CM Punk. That return was nuts. You know, the crowd was nuts. The promo was nuts. Everything about it was just like, whoa. Um, but my moment of the year was Sasha versus Bianca Belair. Um, and just the spectacle, just the spectacle of it and what it meant. You know, two black women in, in the main event just... What I think what kind of took my breath a bit was when Bianca came out and what she wore. Just oh man, it just yeah, just the whole it, the Egyptian get up, the 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 necklace, the the rope, like everything about it was just like yeah, Black Lives Matter. Like it just everything about it just meant a lot. It just meant a lot. Um, and just the standing ovation they got when they were both standing in that ring, and you can see the emotion and. I think the way it culminated in the rise of um, you know Bianca Belair, and the fact that you know what WWE has failed to do over the, a number of years, which is still one of my biggest gripes with them, is you know rising of you know raising new stars and making new stars. They've gone through the motion with her, you know Royal Rumble to make to main event WrestleMania to win the title. Like that's that's what you that's what you do. You know she had this massive build from NXT to the main roster and kept it going. Um, so yeah, that was my moment for me, Sasha uh, versus Bianca.
0: Great choice, man. Great choice. Tony, what do you got in this uh, illustrious category?
1: Well,
2: it's been a category we've done for a long time. Uh, Ro- Roman coming out and saying, this is my yard now in 2017. Uh, the, the the announcement of leukemia in, in, in 2018, for me, in 2019 was Natty versus Lacey at, at, at Crown Jewel, which was the first time women had ever wrestled in that area of the world. Last year was, was Roman returning at SummerSlam, in which you called it, Dave.
0: I did. Thank you. I, 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 will you acknowledge, I will acknowledge my own greatness. Thank you. You've been
2: acknowledged. <laughs> I've acknowledged you, Dave. I've acknowledged you. This year, my moment of the year, which I thought should have been at WrestleMania, but I will take it at WrestleMania Backlash. We also had SmackDown WrestleMania this year, so everything's WrestleMania. But it was Dominic and Rey Mysterio winning the tag titles as father and son was my moment of the year.
0: Oh, I like that call. I like that call a lot. Um, For me, yeah, Punk coming out was a huge moment, but I've given Punk too many accolades on this show already, and I don't want to give him another one. For me, the moment that I enjoyed the most was Big E cashing in on Lashley, and winning the WWE Championship. I absolutely love that moment because, you know, he said all week, I'm going to do it. And then I the match itself, I love because, you know, Biggie cashes in and Lashley's kind of bitching around about his leg being hurt. And I just love when Biggie slaps him in the face and you can just see Lashley like, all right, bitch, now it's on. Knowing better, you know, like you're already damaged, you know what's going to happen. Uh, it was a moment that. A lot of us wanted to see happen and we weren't sure we were you know, Biggie's gone up and down as far as him getting the push that a lot of us think he deserves. And he finally broke through and he's done very well with the WWE championship so far. Curious to see what happens at day one with, you know, Owens resigning and, and resigning and all this other stuff as to what they're going to do with that fatal four way. But yeah, that was to me the I feel good moment of the year. Biggie winning the WWE championship from Bobby Lashley. So,
2: Seth. Seth
0: Pinscale. Is that what's going to happen? It might. It, it might. You never know. We're gonna. We're gonna find yeah. out pretty soon. Tony, I'm gonna throw this over to you. What is your upset of the year?
2: Oh boy, upset of the year. We can go all the way back. 2017, Kyrie Sain defeats Shayna Baszler in the NXT Women's Tournament. That was a pretty big upset. How about in 2018, Shane McMahon winning the World Cup? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: 20. 2019 the iconics win the titles at wrestlemania mm-hmm. last year otis despite not even being able to climb the second rung of the ladder wins the money in the, the bank think Which, about that didn't one that
0: double his disappointment of the year as well
2: it, i don't know it may have possibly <laughs> <laughs> but for me i think the biggest subset of the year is zelina vega returning to wwe and then winning the queen's crown tournament uh, in which I thought that maybe Shayna Baszler was going to win that, the Queen of Spades, and then possibly Dewdrop, who's gotten a big push, but no, it was Lena Vega, would go on to team with Carmella, I believe their current women's tag team champion.
0: Yeah, that's I, I hadn't thought about that. That's a great call. I actually thought about on the other side of the bracket, Xavier Woods winning the King, you know, King of the Ring. And there there's me eating a little bit of crow with saying WWE doesn't pay the service to the fans. Fans really wanted Xavier Woods to win that, to win the King of the Ring. I kind of was like thinking, well, Finn should win this, to go from Prince to King. That would make sense. But they put Xavier over. But for my upset of the year, and this is part of the reason why I've soured on NXT because of shit like this. Mandy Rose dethroning Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's oh, Championship. Randy. Which like, wait a second, Mandy Rose has done virtually nothing since she came into WWE. Yeah, she's fun to look at. And that's great. So now she becomes a brunette. Lines up with the rest of Toxic Attraction. Raquel Gonzalez to me. It's like you dethrone Io Shirai. You know you you end that reign. Raquel Gonzalez to me seemed like. Okay this could be the next big thing. Now unless they're just positioning her. To bring her up to the main roster. Raquel Gonzalez is somebody who has improved drastically. As far as her in ring work. Over the last couple years. Still needs some work on the mic. I grant you that. But. Mandy Rose being the one to dethrone Raquel Gonzalez was like, wait, what the fuck did I just see? Uh, I, I still don't quite get it to this day. And, and I I look at, you know, you look at the lineage of NXT women's champions and let, let's, let's, let's talk about this. You know, we got, we got Bailey, we've got Asuka, we've got uh, who, who did, who did, well, Asuka gave up her title. Um, you know, you had Shayna Baszler for all that time that she was a champion. Then you got Rhea Ripley dethroning her. And then you got e o Shirai and you got Charlotte as the NXT and you can go way back. And then Mandy Rose, something here is not like the others. And I, I don't get it to me that came out of nowhere. And I guess <laughs> we're trying to establish new people. But that really shocked me. And that's my upset of the year. Kenny, what do you, what do you, you got do, uh... this? Go ahead, Tony. If you're
2: playing the out of nowhere game, uh, drinking game, where we drink every time Dave says out of nowhere on this podcast, we're up to five.
0: <laughs> RKO out of nowhere. That's probably coming later. But, Kenny, what do you Fuck got? Fuck that six. What, what do you got? In your soldier <laughs> upset of the year.
1: So so for me, I'm glad you mentioned that. I completely yeah forgot about that. Like that was a definitely upset because I was like yourself thinking like what the hell? Like what's going on? You know, um Raquel's you know, one of my breakouts last year. Um, you know, she you know, she did amazing and I couldn't understand why unless obviously she's getting moved up, but she hasn't been moved up yet. Um but my um Shout out to um, Darby Allen winning the TNT title against Cody. I did not see that coming whatsoever. That was proper left field. Um, so I'm glad that they did do that because he was a good TNT champion. Um, but mine has to go to the Miz winning the WWE title again. Um, awesome, like, yeah, man, like that surprised, that completely surprised me. I didn't think that they would go with him. Um, you know, I think, you know, you've got to put some respect on Miz's name definitely um and yeah that was my my biggest shock and i'm actually happily glad that they did do that
0: yeah that's that's true i mean i never (laughs) i didn't see that coming and and they really played that up when the miz pulled it off and and i know it was transitional just to give it to lastly so they could build up to drew versus him at mania but still yeah that's a great call kenny love that one um I'll go and I'll start off with tag team match of the year and I'm not going to discuss it much. Cause it's the same one as the gimmick match of the year, the bucks versus Lucha brothers from all out 2021, which we've already talked about. So I don't feel the need to really extrapolate as to why this was my tag team match of the year. I, I just, I haven't seen a better one this year. Uh, Kenny, what do you got as far as your tag team match of the year?
1: So I just want to give a shout out to MSK versus GYV versus Legado del Fantasma. Oh my God. When I saw that match, I was like, yes, this is what I love. Because I love MSK anyway. I love all three of the teams. And for me, it was a breakout for Legado del Fantasma. Um, but what a match that was. Some of the moves I was seeing was, yeah. Um, But, man, it has to be the same as you. The Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, still cage match. Just the storytelling, the spectacle. Oh, man, good match. That's I, What more can I say? Nothing topped it for me.
0: Tony, I know you're. this is not going to be unanimous. So I want to see what you've got here
2: you know, it's interesting. I watched both of the matches that, that you one that you guys both brought up in in, in um uh the Young Bucks and, and Lucha Bros, but I also remember the match that Kenny was talking about in the triple threat. And I would put that ahead of the match that you guys both have for match of the year. I I just stuck in my lane here, and to be honest with you, it was really disappointing as far as if you want to go ahead and run it back by pay-per-view and big event shows. I'm sure there were some really good tag matches that were on uh, Raw or SmackDown. I'm sure there was some good stuff that happened in NXT. And and probably some of the best tag matches took place in places we're not even covering right now. But unfortunately, I wrote down AJ and Omos versus the Viking Raiders to Money in the Bank. I just enjoyed that match from a perspective of Omos finally being looked at as, for me, the time he had in the ring versus both Eric and Ivar, I knew that someday this is going to be the singles guy that Kevin Nash is talking about. He can go ahead and get in there and make moves happen and he doesn't need AJ to just tag him in and out and set him up for big moves.
0: Um, Amos is somebody I'm very curious about to see what they you know can can he be the guy who can like maybe step forward and challenge Roman later on down the line. I mean as far as somebody credible who could beat him physically, okay, but I think we're
2: we're definitely headed towards AJ versus Omos at WrestleMania, and that'll be the final test because we've already teased it, Aren't they and that's a clear storyline tonight. No,
0: I thought they're. I thought they're going to meet AJ and Omos are going to meet on Raw. Yeah,
2: I... they are. are. Are they really? Yeah. There your yeah, yeah. WrestleMania oh, main event. god! Well, <laughs> yeah. you know they like to drag these
1: things out. We're still getting yeah. Brock Lesnar and that's, Roman that's, Reigns.
0: That's so. true. That's
1: true. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Omos for me is fucked. Like. Up on the main roster, way too soon. I know you don't have to be a great worker to be, you know, where you need to be. But for me, he's not even a good sports entertainer. Like, he, that, for me, he's just way too soon, man, way too soon. And, yeah, you've got AJ there to help him. But, man, every time this guy's on TV and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, all right, I know you can't go, so I'm not going to think that you can go. I'm going to give you the benefit of that and see what else you can give me for me he doesn't give me anything else. Like it's AJ running the running the show. Uh, I don't think he gives me anything else. So I just feel like he's been put up way too soon, yeah. man. And I, I am also curious. I want to see how because everyone's entitled to develop. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he can develop. And I, I hope, just like I do with all wrestlers, like that they develop into something, you know, which really gets over um for for more for themselves than anyone else.
0: I'm I'm curious to see what he does without AJ as a safety net, you know, because he's going to have to sink or swim. Either you're going to step forward and establish yourself as a singles competitor and be able to do it in such a way where you're not just squashing people to get over. And we'll see what he can do. But, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah,
2: but that's what they need to do with those guys. They need to have them squash, 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 squash. And then finally someone while. gives them a... And then someone finally gives them a fight, but then they squash them. And then yeah. the next guy gives them a fight and they squash them. And then eventually the fight builds and builds and builds until it's not a squash. And they actually have a good match.
0: We'll see if they can pull that out. That, that requires long-term booking Tony and uh, that's not WWE's <laughs> forte lately, but well, we, well, none of us will remember this
2: conversation. <laughs> that's true.
0: <laughs> Kitty, what do you got for your women's match of the year? We are into the match of the year categories right now. So Hitting the uh, the important stuff. What do you have for women's match of the year, my friend?
1: So my women's match of the year, right? Up until I want to say July, right, was um was Sasha versus Bianca at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Until until mm-hmm. I started listening to uh, mm-hmm. I, I was listening to uh, post wrestling, um, which I always do anyway, and they started talking about a match um between um. Shashita versus Suri in um, and starred in Cinderella season, and the way they talked about this match, and the way it got a 5.5 rating from from Dave Meltzer, I had to go and see it. So I went on to Daily Motion, and I went to watch it. And when I mean to see the way a women's match is structured in such a way for 43 minutes. The moves, the storytelling, and I had to look at what you know, how this story was built up um, between these guys. Man, the, the these two women were just, oh man, the moves, the wrestling, everything about it was just amazing. It went to a it went to a draw. It was a fur. It was a forty three minute draw, and I was just hooked to the point where I didn't care that it was a draw. I did. They, I don't like draws at all, and I did not give two shits that it was a draw because what they gave me in the ring, I was like, I want to see it again. Like, I want to see it again. They had a rematch in September, um, it wasn't better than the, the first one, but man, the yeah, I went and watched that match, and I just thought, I love Japanese wrestling anyway, and I just had to go out of my way because if someone is, you know, if Obviously, Dave Meltzer, he's given the 5.5, but if I'm li- I'm listening to all the podcasts I listen to and these people are drop-feeding this match left, right, and centre, I had to go and watch it for myself and get my own opinion. And, man, I, I have to give that match for me. It has to be women's match of the year. Um, anyone who likes to kind of get out of their you know, comfort zone and kind of watch other stuff and try and watch other stuff and see what it's about, I, ha- I definitely recommend watching that match. It was just, yeah, the way these women were hitting each other, man, and transitioning into, into moves, I just love it. was beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, that's, I guess I got to check that out, too, because I like a match. I like matches like that. I haven't watched much from Japan for the last couple of years. Thank you, AEW, for ruining the illusion for me. Um, <laughs> Tunny, what do you got for your women's match of the year, man? I
2: guess the spirit of A.J. Velaz lives strong within Kenny Killa. My match of the year women's style is going to be that Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match, which everybody talked about, which I thought was excellent in storytelling and in execution except for a few spots, but nonetheless, it was well done um, and I feel great to throw a vote in for a swaggy for a friend of the network, Thunder Rosa.
0: Yeah, that match helped her get a contract with AEW. i mean as well as anything so yeah i mean brit wouldn't really be where she was without that match and how that whole thing played out uh, my women's match of the year though kenny you mentioned it it's got to be bianca versus sasha from wrestlemania 37 um the match itself is tremendous it's everything else that's going on with the match you know main eventing night one two black women main eventing night one of wrestlemania I can't. I mean, there's been some good women's matches, but when I look at take everything into consideration as far as that match, and again, I, I like I keep going back. This is another word you can drink to, Tony pressure. The pressure on people to perform in that moment is immense with these two ladies, and they brought it and they brought the emotion out of each other and they delivered a match under, you know, under a microscope, you know, when you're being watched by the entire world like they were. And to deliver a match like that, for me, that's the women's match of the year. I, I didn't see a better one than that. Um, I'll take the lead, I guess, on – on on. Uh, well, no. Actually, we'll let Tunney. We'll let Tunney take the lead. Where is Tunney? Is he still around?
2: I'm here. Okay. I'm here. I'm here.
0: What do you got for your men's match of the year, my friend?
2: Uh, you know, it's interesting. The triple threat with Roman and um, – Edge and Daniel Bryan is definitely up there for me. I want to shout out to Sheamus, who had some really good matches this year, people who thought he was done. He he is at the tail end of his career, but that guy continues to just be unbelievably excellent. But I think for me, the match of the year and the men's match of the year, I'm getting ahead of myself, I, I can't help it, is easily the Edge and Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell at Crown Jewel. Some of the spots they did there, You know, the the feud that goes along with that, that's easy to pick up the the storyline, you know, and the storytelling throughout it. It it just put into that match is so excellent. I would so be here at some point for a Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Edge and Beth Phoenix uh, mixed tag match. Uh, That would be fun. You mentioned rivalry of the year. If I wasn't trying to if I wasn't trying to shout out uh, a, a whole bunch of different people and give a whole bunch of different people credit. Across this show, I probably maybe could have easily argued myself into Seth um, and Edge. So those two guys, and, and, in all, and in a lot of ways, Seth is the new Edge. If you look at their builds and the way they can easily go back and forth and, and the moves they can make and, and the way they can tell a story. And the way they can handle a mic and the way they married Hall of Fame wrestling women. You know, the, the comparisons go on and on Very and on. Smart. But easily easily to me once i watched it and i'm pretty sure i mentioned it either in a pre-show and but i was like you know what i think that was the match of the year and the thing that stands out to me is the bump that seth took the the, the ricochet bounce off the off the cage is uh i gonna be iconic for years to come in, in any hell in a cell match so easily to me for my personal pc tunny opinion is edge versus seth rollins car- crown jewel hell in a cell
0: Oh, well, for me, my men's match of the year, I'm going to AEW, and it's Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. So I love this match. I I mean, and what is it? It was on dynamite. I forget which one it was. It was the one from, uh, from Arthur Ashe stadium. I forget what the hell they called it. Something. I don't remember what the hell it was called. They had, you know, they, they have all these crazy names for, for the, the special dynamites, but I know it was from there. Um, it was, it was Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him, his first match in AEW was, I think, this match against Kenny Omega that goes to a 30 minute draw. The fans were going crazy before these guys ever even locked up. And they just delivered a 30 minute classic. Um, you know, one that that and you know, Kenny Omega definitely was not at a hundred percent because of all the injuries that he was dealing with, but um I just absolutely love this match. Thought it was the best thing I saw from the men's side back and forth. Great technical stuff from both guys. Excellent storytelling crowd is so into it. I can't wait to see them run it back again at some point in the future. But for me, that was the best men's match I saw this year. Kenny, what do you got in this category, man?
1: Um, okay. For me, um, um, Yeah, for me, I'm not even going to mess around. It's it's Ilya Dragunov versus Walter 2. That's my match of the year. Man, that match, like, just even talking about it hurts my chest. Just even talking about it, like, um, I sat there with some of my boys watching this match, and I just thought, these two have beaten each other, and, you know, Walter has held the title for how long, and... You had the first match, and it just the, the continuation of the story. Ilya knowing that he could, you know, feeling that he could beat him. The promos was great. Ilya was, you know, he came the the week before in NXT and gave a really good promo. And um, yeah, I just everything about that match, I was just hooked. the the ferocity the ferocity of the of the way they were hitting each other, the finish oh yeah man and I was so happy so happy that he actually won and that he was given the credit that he deserved because I think he is so underrated um from a you know from a persona standpoint for how he carries himself his promos being a European as well like yeah I just think that he got he got his props that night and um he continues to get them and I feel like he can do a job on the main roster 100 percent um he 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 would he would be what Cesaro was in ROH if he Cesaro came to WWE earlier in his career. Um but um not discounting Cesaro, Cesaro is still amazing, but I just think early Cesaro, if he came to WWE earlier, he would be what Elio Dragonoff is um currently at this moment in time. And I feel that if Elio dragonoff went to the main event now, he would he would massively help that massively help that division. He can talk, he can wrestle. Um but yeah, Elio Dragonoff against Water too
2: as a culmination uh, uh, for a title reign what a match yeah. do you know what i mean because yeah. like mm-hmm. we all i think we all pretty much knew coming into that right like this is this is going to be the it one has to be it yeah. has to be yeah. and and oh, i mean as far as title reigns go in in major titles like and you can include other federations and promotions you know but major major storyline titles in the last 10 years walter's reign with that belt is top 10
0: yeah. You look at the matches that he had. I mean, Dragunov versus Walter one was, I know that was a pick for overall match of the year and men's match last year for I think me and Ray. Um, I didn't like the second one as much, but I, you know, but I mean, I it did have fans at least. So there was that, that element of it. The first, <laughs> I think that's what the first one carried more weight with me is because of what the story they were able to tell in an empty arena was just mind numbing. But yeah, that's a that's a great call, Kenny. It was one that was high on my list as well. I'll lead off overall match of the year um, because it's not any different than my women's match of the year. Bianca versus Sasha is my overall match of the year for 2021 for many of the same reasons I already said earlier, just because the story that's told, the historical significance of the moment, the major societal impact that that match had. Both women doing great job, you know, talking about the match through all sorts of media outlets and just the uh, the service that they paid to the industry in that match. And just kind of, you know, how that match really took Bianca to the next level. Sasha didn't really need it so much. Bianca did. I just wish they'd done some stuff different with Bianca at the back end of the year. But notwithstanding that to me, I didn't see a more I don't know if technically I'd say it matches, you know, danielson versus omega probably not but i think when you take everything into consideration all the factors and that's what i look for as an overall category is not just in ring then i got to give it to bianca and sasha for my overall match of the year uh kenny what do you got in this
1: category uh my uh overall match of the year um i've got to give it to bucks and lucha bros man like that match uh, did something to me it's the, the, I think it's, the, it's just the steel cage because we see, you know, steel cage matches all the time and they tend to be similar. But this just stood out for me, man, this year. Um, the performances by both teams, uh, the ending um, and the ending of the rivalry between them two as well. Um, so, yeah, for me, overall match of the year is uh, Bucks versus Lucha Bros in the steel cage match.
0: Tony, what about you? What's your overall match of the year, man?
2: yeah i said it before as rollins and edge in in that hell in a cell at crown jewel i just thought that was the ultimate uh culmination of that rivalry and they delivered inside of the ring huge what with with one of the top at least 10 in my mind five spots in inside hell in a cell with that ricochet into the table so that's what i got
0: that was sweet yeah that's a good call Alright, guys, we are into the home stretch. The final four categories. We're getting into wrestler of the year, the real super important ones. Kenny, you're gonna kick us off again, my friend. Female Wrestler of the Year, who do you got?
2: Oh boy. Here we go. Okay. These are the big ones,
1: uh, baby. Ooh, female wrestler of the year. Um it's a yeah, you know, it's a tough one for me because it's either between um Britt Baker or um or um uh Bianca Belair. Um the reasons for I would say for Britt Baker's because of the development that she's gone over the year. Um, She's carried that division with pretty much, you know, not great, you know, talent um, uh, in that division. And um, yeah, she's just been amazing this year. Bianca Belair, her ascendance has also been amazing. Um, But for me, I have to give it to Bianca Belair because of, you know, the, the journey, the classic WWE journey where you have the rumble winner going down to WrestleMania to win the title, to help get someone over um and her um just her ascendance coming from NXT and continuing that ascendance and then booking her, you know, what's you know, in a good way to be able to get there. Um despite obviously the Sasha and um Belair kind of build towards Mania not being great. Um, but it ended great and that's all that matters. So um yeah, uh for me it's uh Bianca Belair.
0: PC, what do you got here, man?
2: Well, you know. To win a Grand Slam, you have to win the first few legs. But here's a triple crown, I would imagine, in, in this in this setting. Um, so I think we got the Kentucky Derby out of the way. Um, I'll be the preakness here in, in saying that I also have Bianca Belair. So, Dave, could this possibly be our, our second unanimous pick of the show? Because to me, not only does she break out, but she's carrying it. And, and and I think the reason they pulled away from her running was so that they could bring her back with everybody wanting her to be running again right like I think Bianca's better chasing than she is holding and maybe that's why she had the you know the the, the get out of way uh, throw her into the into the fire with Becky let Becky do it we will pay that off at the end so but everything from the beginning of the year through WrestleMania and then into the rivalry with Becky uh, Bianca Belair this year has easily been, uh, the female wrestler of the year for me.
0: Well, it's not going to be unanimous. Cause I'm going with, the, uh, I'm going crap. with the girl who dethroned her as Becky Lynch is my female wrestler of the year for a couple of reasons, wow. because one, wow. you gave her the comeback wrestler of the year. Super mom comes back in tremendous shape. Okay. Let's be honest. She's never looked better. Um, I look at, you know, the stuff she did with Bianca is one thing. I'm looking at right now what's going on with Becky Lynch and how Liv Morgan is transcending into a breakout star because she's working so well with Becky. And I don't know too many other women who could really accomplish something like that. That's the Becky Lynch effect that she's so over in different kind of ways that she is now to the point where people are actively hoping that Liv can dethrone her. And Liv Morgan is now becoming this massive breakout star because of her work with Becky Lynch. At least I think so. I mean, I, I like the stuff you know, that you talk about behind the scenes things, the issues.
2: Be a, Liv will be eliminated seventh in the the May Young Battle Royal at WrestleMania uh, <laughs> after losing to Becky Lynch. And we'll never remember her again.
0: Maybe. Maybe. We'll see about that. But I just think that, you know, I'd give it to Bianca. I just that last half of this year really bothers me. And I know Platt feels the same way that I do about that. But um, I just look at as far as making a massive impact from the time she came back in August to the end of the year and continuing to do that. And really, you know, coming back from, you know, you have a kid and you're there every week and and doing all the work that she's doing. She had a great match with Charlotte. If it wasn't for that wonky finish at Survivor Series, that match would have ranked a lot higher with me for women's match of the year. I got to give it to Becky here. Sorry, guys. But that's just me. You guys don't give a shit. <laughs> um, Tuddy, why don't you talk about our tag team of the year, man?
2: R.K. Burrow. Period. Point blank. End of story. Uh what a storyline to have, you know, Randy come around. And the best way to pay this off is to have Riddle turn on Orton, because we're all expecting Orton to turn on Riddle. I think it's really uh been one of the the, the shining parts of, of raw um I I I'm speaking strictly from in the storyline and WWE character wise. I know there's some questionable, uh, outside things on, on some of these people. So, but I, as far as the tag team goes, I don't think anybody's been more over and had more really fun backstage backstage segments, than RK Bro, so that's who
0: I got this year. It's it's my tag team of the year too, Tony. RK Bro gets it for me because it's a team that shouldn't work. It, this, you look at him and say this, <laughs> sh- this should not work. These two guys together should work, and yet it does. And yeah, maybe they aren't nearly as technically solid. I mean, they're 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 really technically good. I think having them go over the Usos at Survivor Series was smart to really solidify them as a true excellent tag team. But yeah, I just look at entertainment factor. And and just sheer, this is fun, which we don't talk about. And especially like you mentioned it, Tony. not a lot of high water marks on Raw. This is one of them, RK-Bro. Now I, I, you know, and we can get into the stupidity of having Raw beat the shit out of SmackDown at Survivor Series some other time. But, you know, I look at good stuff you can take away from Raw has been RK-Bro and their story as how they got to the tag team titles. And then, you know, with Randy RKOing. ing riddle and riddle staying by his side no matter what um and yeah it it has made randy orton a much more endearing character as he went through i mean and shout out to randy orton he's hit some big milestones this year you know as far as pay-per-views most pay-per-views of all time and that sort of thing matches yeah so I, i i'm with you on this one i i think yeah rk bro has been the biggest surprise uh and and probably the most entertaining tag team that i've seen this year even if maybe they're not the most technically proficient out there kenny is this our second unanimous category or
1: or, or what do we come got on here? kenny yeah. let's do it no, no so i'm sorry it's uh, not. i have to definitely bullshit. agree with you two though in terms of them being the standout on raw like they have been you know if i have watched raw it's because of, i want to see what they're doing next you know what i mean um and uh yeah, like you're right. It don't work. <laughs> it's not meant to work, but it so does. And they've had fun bits and stuff as well, which make it. I think Riddle sometimes he can be annoying, but sometimes he's actually like really, really funny. His timing is great, you know, especially with uh, with Randy as a straight guy. Um, but um, my mine has to go to the Bucks. Um, their consistency in their level their level of work this year um, it's just been great. They're, um they have they were heels, but they've changed it again in terms of, you know, when you're a heel, okay, and you're just a heel and you're just that heel persona the whole time. They've become a heel and then they've just gone up a level again in terms of being an, a, a different type of heel where they've just been that despisable heel where you just don't you just don't want to see them on the TV because they're just being dicks. Like, you know, they've just upped the levels a bit, you know, with the way they've, they've grown out their beards, they've coloured their beards, the trainers, like they've become pricks, like Proper pricks like that, you know, and I I like that. I like that they've 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 pushed themselves in that way, Um, but yet you know, kind of putting the middle finger up to everyone else because they're they're so consistent in the ring. So um, yeah, for me, it has to go to go to the Bucks.
0: That's a good call. I I mean, the Bucks—they are as consistent as anybody in the world of professional wrestling. Tunney doesn't like it at all, but that's okay. Suck it, (laughs) suck it, Kenny. Wow, I mean, it's just getting (laughs) violent here at the tail end of this thing. We got, (laughs) we got two categories left. I'm going to start off with male wrestler of the year because my male wrestler and my overall are actually going to be different, and this might, you know, get Tunney a little bit agitated. But I want to say preface this: I look at. When I'm looking at male wrestler of the year, this is where I'm focusing more on in-ring work and not everything else that's going on. And from that standpoint, my, well, the dogs are upset about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's the British Bulldog. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. Hold on a second, guys. All right. Anyway, got that under control for the moment. Tony, you were about to mention our, our some previous winners before I reveal my male wrestler of the year and my rationale for it. Yeah,
2: I don't want to pull back the curtain too much. I was just going to riff for a bit to cover some time. But yes, uh, female wrestler of the year, Bianca Belair for me, Bailey the year before, Becky, Charlotte back to back 17 and 18, tag team. Last year I had the Street Profits before the uh, War Machine, Usos, Hardys before that. And now we're on to male wrestler of the year.
0: So with that caveat that I said that I'm focusing more on in-ring technical ability for male wrestler of the year, I got to give it to Brian Danielson as my male wrestler of the year. And I look at the fact that (laughs) here's a guy who main evented night two of WrestleMania. Okay. Could have taken the easy way. out. could have taken WWE's money, which I'm sure was good. Probably would have had a lighter schedule. He wanted to challenge himself, despite his injury history, wanted to challenge himself, goes to AEW, puts on my male match, men's match of the year with Kenny Omega, then goes out and runs and said, you know what, 30 minutes wasn't long enough, let me go 60 with Hangman. I don't think it was as good a match as the, as the Omega match because it was just too long and too drawn out. But still a very good match. Um, had an excellent match with Miro. I think it was at full gear to earn the title shot. Finally get by gets by Miro slash Rusev. I, you know, it, it can't be easy. I think like and that's one of the things that like FTR got my vote for tag team of the year last year. Similar circumstances going from WWE to AW. Very different environments, but not just to go, but to thrive. And Tunney's uh, issues earlier with AW that we all have that they haven't injected Daniel Brian Danielson. Well, he did have a title shot, so he is in the title scene now. Um, I just think when you look at everything, taken into consideration, looking main eventing WrestleMania with Roman and Edge and ending up being multiple times in the main event of Dynamites, and you know, I imagine we're going to get something like that coming up at Revolution. Uh, I got to give it to Daniel Bryan, or excuse me, Bryan Danielson, or both, for my male wrestler of the year. Tony, who do you got here, man?
2: It's Roman Reigns. It couldn't possibly be anybody else. He's probably had the best matches, the best storylines, the best promos. He's the most important. He's moved the needle the most. He's about to get over amazingly on the road to WrestleMania and at WrestleMania, if if you can kind of imagine what's about to happen. I, I can't pick anybody else. He's the most significant wrestler last year, this year, the year before that. It, it, they've, they've hitched their wagon you know to the right horse, so it's Roman Reigns. Easy hands down for me,
1: Kenny. Um, so Dave, I'm gonna be like you. Um, I think my, my overall wrestler is gonna be different to my male wrestler of the year. Um, and um, my wrestler of the year is because I have to mention him because he's been mentioned um, in other categories. Um, but I want to mention him by himself. And my wrestler of the year is Kenny Omega, um, he's been a champion for most of the year. Um, he he wasn't in the title picture for a long time. Um, and once he did become in the title picture, um, he built up with a rivalry with Adam Page um, and then, you know, moved on to John Moxley and the shift in, in, in the way he's been presented this year is a massive shift and helping other people get over as he's done that. Um, and I think, um, you know, the, the, again, the body of work and um, the matches he's had, you um, yeah. Uh for me, male wrestler of the year, again, looking at in ring, um, that's how I decided to do it as well, Dave. Um for me it has to be Kenny Omega.
0: Yeah, and I thought really long and hard about doing Kenny Omega as well. Um maybe if he hadn't been absent the latter part of the year, that that probably, you know, took it down a little bit. But but yeah, I think Brian Danielson has filled his gap, you know, his absence very, very well. Um, I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and lead overall wrestler of the year because I know Kenny and I are probably of the same mindset. Overall wrestler of the year, I agree with Tony. It's got to be Roman Reigns. I mean, there is nobody who's done the work that Roman Reigns has done this year. Just his persona and his command of everything and the way he positions himself, the work with Paul Heyman, the fact that everything that he's done, just this acknowledge me and just asserting dominance. And for over a year, it's been going on this way that Roman is now approaching this category where the person who dethrones him will get such a massive push, a massive bump from being that guy that Roman is taking on this almost legendary status at this point where he is so dominant. And so over in a way that we didn't imagine that he could be, that the person that you almost start thinking, who would be, you know, like we we always talk about the streak, who'd be worthy of ending the streak. Roman is not there yet, but we're approaching that where you're like, who is going to be worthy of dethroning the tribal chief and and becoming the guy because whoever does that is going to be a megastar you know it's it's not like remembering honky-tonk man was the champion for all that time and warrior got that huge push by being the guy to throw it wasn't because honky was like on roman's level it's just because somebody's got to get this asshole out of here this is different though roman is 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 in a different air entirely that it's like yeah who you look at guys around the WWE right now and say, who's worthy of dethroning him? And I'm not seeing anybody right now. You know, I, I see potentials, maybe mm-hmm. if st- stuff's done right. Braun breaker's a guy I'd like to see them build up properly. He's got the physical capability and, and the technical skill to maybe be somebody like that. But you look around and you're just like, there's nobody there. And no. until you get, I mean, Brock sure, Brock, at least legitimately you could understand if he does it, but it's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, it's got to be Roman Reigns for me, Kenny. What do you What do you think here, man?
1: Yep, same as you, man. It's got to be Roman Reigns um, overall wrestler. When you take into everything, he's he's boss this year in terms of the, on WWE. Um, his persona. The thing is, when you come to you know having someone champion as a year, yeah, you have to change things. You have to change your opponents, change the way you're approaching the storylines and stuff. And him being involved in all of these, he's done that. He's done that every time. A different story is, you know, a different person, but it's a, a different take on the storyline. And it's, you know, and he, he carried, the way he carries himself, you're right. He put, he's now in a different space within WWE. But again, similar to what you're saying, Dave, you know, although he is my overall, it's just still sheds that light on WWE and my main gripe with them, of them failing to build new stars bubbling up underneath for someone else to take that. Because now you've built this guy, you know, you built this guy and he's there and he's the guy. And it's like you're thinking, OK, whoever takes this now, whoever takes this now, that is it. Like they are now cemented there. That is it. And I'm looking around and I'm just like, well, you had guys that you could have built up underneath to, to, to do that and could have been credible. You know, um, we get, we 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 enter this space of part time, part time, part time which is for me, it's just boring. Like I, I, you know, Roman Brock, I just, I don't want to see that. That's their go-tos. I don't want to see that anymore. It's just too much of the same. Um, and I'm looking now for who is that next guy. Um, and they had some guys, like I said, that they could have worked on to bubble up underneath, had a really good mid card bubbling up underneath. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm struggling for it. So if Roman's not on top, I worry. Um, so, but overall, It's Roman Reigns hands down, man.
0: Tony, is this our second unanimous category? Well,
1: let me tell you. uh, (laughs) Male
2: Wrestler of the Year has culminated in my pick for Wrestler of the Year, starting back in 2017 with AJ Styles, 2018 with The Miz, 2019 with Kofi, last year with Drew McIntyre, and this year it remains like the song remains the same from Led Zeppelin. It is indeed Roman Reigns, and we do have our second unanimous swaggy of the year it's not even close it's really interesting how they're going to do this has Paul Heyman been playing Roman Reigns have Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman been playing Brock Lesnar has nobody really been playing anybody and this is just going to kind of figure itself out because it's really interesting do we get Roman and Rock this year or do we get it next year how long does this Brock Lesnar feud last, right? So it's it's been one of the most interesting things and a, a really interesting development in the Roman Reigns storyline, which has been my favorite one in wrestling. So um, that's what I got. I'm glad we could have another unanimous decision here on the seventh ever annual Swaggy Awards.
0: I think we're getting Austin versus Roman at WrestleMania this year. Oh my goodness. Can you
2: imagine
0: imagine that?
2: You shut your dirty mouth. You shut your dirty mouth.
0: Man, people in Texas would just lose their minds. I mean, it was bad enough when he just came out for a segment. I can only imagine, but uh, yeah, I I don't know, man, Uh, you know, you, the predominant prevailing wisdom is that you'll get rock versus Roman in Los Angeles, but you know, I don't know, man, at this point, I don't know, man. Seth versus Roman intrigues me just because of their history. Um, but, you know, that sort of thing. Up, oh, okay. So anyway, on that note, guys, that is going to do it. We have run through all 20 categories, two unanimous categories. I want to thank my friends PC Tunney and Kenny Killer for being a part of the seventh annual Swaggy Awards. Kenny, before we let you go again, my brother, thank you so much for being a part of this. Always an honor and a privilege to have you on. Where can people check you out? on social media and let people know what you got going on man.
1: Um so again it's just you know um I appreciate being called up to the main roster. Um yeah I um, yeah, I appreciate it 100% um and uh yeah man I just I love doing this with you guys as always and um I'm just forever thankful. Uh so if people want to catch me you can catch me at, at Kini uh, Killer. Um, so what I've got going on at the moment, um, some of you may know, but I'm, I, I run a, a company called Dadcast with Demandem, which is a company which focuses on giving fathers the platform to share experiences about being a father. Um, and, uh, you know, we do talks, seminars, um, events. Um, we have a YouTube show. We also have a radio show here in Bristol. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm currently currently doing. So, yeah, if you want to find out more, that's at, at Dadcast WTMD.
0: Tony? Let people know where they can find you. You are all over the social media in the chair shot.com space. As we like to call it, where can people find you? Uh,
2: well, you can find me where podcasts podcast, podcast uh, also on the chair shot radio network. Make sure you head on over to pro wrestling, forward slash the chair shot. And me personally at PC Tunney. Yeah. There you go.
0: Guys on a golf
2: course yeah, in a bar, in a drinking bar. a beer. Sometimes, Just both, sometimes, me.
0: sometimes both.
2: All three at once
0: beers on a golf course, drinking it. Yeah, it all works out really well guys. That's it. Seventh annual swaggy awards in the can. Thank you guys again so much. Hopefully you get to come back to do it next year. It is always a pleasure. Gentlemen, I will be talking to you soon. Thank you guys. All right, guys, we are back that my friends is it the seventh annual swaggy award show. What a tremendous, fantastic show. Such a great discussion with the guys. Uh, covering so many fantastic topics of conversation uh l- like i said at the outset you know only only two categories were unanimous this year uh if you listen to it you know that the unanimous categories pay-per-view of the year we all went wrestlemania 37 um i, I think that it, it was a very solid choice for all of us uh there's a lot of emotional attachment that we all have towards wrestlemania and this year's event was um Littered with emotions, uh, spread out over two nights, great matches, high emotion, high drama. The return of fans for the first time in over a year to, to WWE. Um, you know, you really, it, it, it's, it's one of those moments that, you know, you just don't forget, especially after everything that we went through in 2020 with the Thunderdome and, and, and for at least a good first half of 2020. Well, not the first. Yeah. First half, because afterwards they went back to Thunderdome. That's right. Forgot about that. Um, The other unanimous category, of course, overall wrestler of the year, Roman Reigns. Uh, what can you say about the tribal chief except acknowledge his greatness? And uh we did here. We acknowledged the tribal chiefs, the one and only his greatness. I, I do like the fact that, uh, you know, we were all kind of talked about it, that, yeah, Roman is reaching a rarefied place now that whoever does beat him, and takes that universal title becomes a massive big deal because Roman is just kind of approaching that unbeatable plateau right now, or at least it seems that way. But I, I, you know, I loved, I loved the conversation, you know, about, you know, about what we had is some very interesting topics of conversation. You know, the, the stuff with Kenny and I talking about AEW being the promotion of the year and, and Tony kind of saying that they're the, the disappointment of the year They're in a very interesting place because, yeah, they've they've capitalized a lot on on stuff that Kenny and I were disappointed about the massive amounts of the WWE releases. But at the same time, you know, there is a valid concern about what do they do with all these guys? Is there a place for any of them? For all of them, Um, you know, what are they doing with that? I I like the fact that you know there was some love for RK Bro. Um, I and I so enjoyed listening to Kenny talk about how much it pains him to not watch raw like he used to. Um, and I think a lot of us have gone through those, that, that sort of evolution this year with WWE where uh, some of it, not all of it. SmackDown has been great. Let's, let's be honest about that. But raw and, and NXT have been problematic for a lot of us. And I was, I was, I was happy to hear not happy. I shouldn't say that's not a good word. Cause I'm never happy when the industry struggles, but, I felt like I wasn't alone when I heard Kenny talk about the same thoughts that he had about raw and actually here Kenny and Tunney both kind of echo a lot of my concerns about NXT. Not that it's bad. Like we explained on the episode, it's not that it's bad. It's just, it's changed so radically that it's, it's hard to get behind it. And maybe it comes around. Maybe, you know, these, the, the young, guys and gals really step forward and and start to establish it you know put their own stamp on it but uh you know as far as everything else i i thought it was an excellent show um i like the fact honey had a lot of his past winners uh handy for him and and was looking through his his past winners because yeah pc's been on this for probably five of the seven years we've done this thing kenny has been on i think two or three times now and 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 you know it's it's always just a great show, and and I think it's a great snapshot for pro wrestling to go across the board because the twenty categories have evolved, but they really are a good synopsis of kind of what's been going on in the world of pro wrestling for the last year. So I will uh, bury Horowitz myself, guest of the Attitude of Aggression podcast in the past, and pat myself on the back because. It's always a good show, and I'm obviously so thrilled and so thankful to have Tony come on the show, take time away from his schedule, and for Kenny Keller to take time away from his schedule, and the fact that we could all make it work, taking the time zones and the changes into um consideration, uh, nothing but love for those two guys who have been such a big part of this podcast for, what am I going on, the seventh year of this show now, Um and I just I, I can't imagine having two better guys to do this one with than those two guys. I mean, and this some of the other guys who couldn't make it. Obviously, that goes without saying. But to have Kenny and and Tunney standing by my side, you know, a cr- big virtually, of course, uh, can't get any better than that. So, of course, a big shout out and thank you to PC Tunney, to the DWI Podcast, to Kenny Killer, to the Chairshot and all of the above uh, for just it's been a fun year in 2021 has been a fun year that's hasn't always been easy obviously and who knows what the hell 2022 holds for us but that my friends will do it for this episode episode 273 the seventh annual swaggy awards in the book uh give you guys some contact information if you want to email the show what did you think of the awards do you agree do you vociferously disagree vehemently disagree do you think we're all fucking crazy whatever you wanna let me know, email the show attitude of aggression at gmail dot com. I will be happy to read your stuff on the air and maybe give you an intelligent answer if I feel like you're worthy of one. Or maybe not. You never know. <laughs> so but no, no, all kidding aside. If you want to talk about the awards, you'd go you got your own thoughts, you want to th- turn in your own picks, man. Email me attitude of aggression at gmail dot com. I'd be happy to see what you had to think about everything. Um as far as social media is concerned, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. You can follow us on Twitter. You can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Go there. Please hit the like button. Also, a lot of the stuff like this does appear on Instagram. We're not big on Instagram sort of stuff, uh, but a lot of these posts go up there as well. It is at Attitude of Aggression, which is all one word. And uh, of course if you're listening to us uh if you're listening to the podcast on any device, mobile devices and I'm not really sure where it shows up nowadays, make sure you give us a five-star review. Let's people know that uh we're doing something right over here on the old Attitude of Aggression wrestling podcast. That my friends is going to do it for this episode. Uh there are plans in place for it looks like PC Tunny is going to jump on and do chapter 2 of the Big 4 project with me, which will be covering WrestleMania 3. And the very first Survivor Series, Survivor Series 87. So, watch that in the very near future. And you never know when we're going to come out with more stuff. It's always fun. But, my friends, that is going to do it for this episode. I, of course, want to give out once again a big shout out and thank you to PC Tunny and Kenny Killer for coming on the show today. That, my friends, will do it for episode 273, the seventh annual Swaggy Awards in the can. Till next time, wrestling fans and aggressionaholics, you stay aggressive. You do it with attitude. We will talk to you soon. So long. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?